Hello everyone, welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Hi. Scott and Claire here joined with my good friend and co-host Paul Brown. Hi. And Rockin'. Do you know do you know that the devil horn symbol mm-hmm. that I just gave you there? Uh-huh. Do you know I just recently discovered you know every every fucking rocker and whatnot goes like yeah cool horns and shit. <laughs> you know that's actually a blessing. <laughs> yeah. That's actually it's not a it's not a devilish thing or nothing, it's a blessing. Well there you go. Yeah. You learn something new every day. There you go. I did. <laughs> So you're here in this episode, our review of In Your House Final Four as part of our In Your Gas series, a series which feels like God knows how long we lasted in this episode. Let's do Vince McMahon style. In Your House! In Final your house. Four! In Your House tonight. Doesn't even have, doesn't even have the, the catchy In Your House music, doesn't have Vince either this Not show. gonna sing, not gonna sing tonight, not gonna sing. Oh, you're singing that now. fucking song again. <laughs> like, it doesn't have the In Your House theme song. It doesn't have Vince on this show, so it feels Hurrah! weird as in your house. But yeah, I mean, the Vince not being on commentary is not exactly a negative yeah, for me. Is this is this an early instance of the cl- the second classic lineup of King and Jr.? I think this is the first pay per view offering with just King and Jr. Yeah. I always assumed that Survivor Series of this same year was the first time it was just those two, but clearly I was wrong. There you go. And again, I don't think many people really remember the final four pay per view that much. I I have it. Yeah. I have it, and this I believe this would be the last uh, title opportunity that Vader would have. I believe. No. Did he have another no, one? No, he would have another us? one. He wasn't meant to have it. You'll have one at a future in your house, but it's only because the person that was meant to have the title shot got injured. Who was meant to have it? It was meant to be Ahmed Johnson against Stampede, but Vader had to fill in at Canadian Stampede against The Undertaker. Yeah, well, do you know what? It better that it was Vader. Mm. I, I, I've heard even more stories nowadays at how much of an absolute cunt waffle that Ahmed Johnston is. Mm-hmm. See, I had to invent a derogatory term for that dickhead. <laughs> he is a ginormous cunt waffle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's as ridiculous as that description. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah. Big fat cunt waffle and cunt. <laughs> so you can't just be a cunt waffle. Sometimes you can be a cunt waffle and cunt. Yeah. That's you, Ahmed. Mm. Yeah, and if if you agree, if you disagree with me, then you're going down. You're going down. Is that your promo? You're pure pesh. I mean, he's not also he's also not on the show, which is a good thing. Let's like, let's and there was much rejoicing. Mm. <laughs> but like, it goes to show how little there really was to admit that a podcast I also listened to uh covers raw usually from the from the early nine from the mid to late nineties. Yeah. Whenever Ahmed Johnson pops up. You sort of like late new gen yeah. proto attitudes. But like the one of the guys on that, his impression of Ahmed Johnson simply whenever he shows up is just to go <laughs> just, just make a weird weird grunting noise. That's, That's pretty like, much it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've got the finishing move that should seem simple but somehow I still can't pull it off half the time. I have the power of her plunge, but every time I do it, I potentially paralyse my opponent. I have you seen what I did to Davy Boy? I almost killed him. Farouk tried to beat the fuck out of me. Far- Farouk did beat the fuck out of him. Yeah. And everyone stood behind the gorilla position and pointed and laughed and went, Yeah, <laughs> After After Farouk dealt with him, he was never seen again. Yeah. Because he was a cunt waffle. Well, 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 it's first mentioned that 
you're hearing this after we released the episode our client against a bit of Christmas Carol starring yes we have our unique experience and I say that is yes we've definitely recorded that first one definitely not recording he's out of order no 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 and, we're def- and this is probably coming out after Christmas so but Paul- do, do you know something mm-hmm. your statement is not is not false mm. because quite frankly and I may be biased mm. here anything Kelsey Grammer does is gold mm. because he is the grammar Yes, he is the grammar. He is the grammar and he will be obeyed. <laughs> Obey the grammar. <laughs> Obey, control, grammar. <laughs> but, so you're, there's actually a chance you're hearing it's after Christmas, maybe coming up on New Year. If all works out well, this could be the last episode of 2023, the last episode of 2022. Or maybe if I'm too lazy or too busy with the schedule, maybe this is the first episode of 2023. Huzzah! And if he's really lazy, this is the first episode of 2024 and we missed the next year completely out. He says, where the fuck did that year go? Well, we were dealing with your drug problem. <laughs> I thought we said we wouldn't talk about that on the air. <laughs> but Paul, just for, just for shits and giggles, we're hearing, people are hearing this after Christmas. How was your Christmas? What did you do on Christmas Day? I'll bet it was pure gallus, so it was. Oh, yes. Pure gallus. I can't... Wee bit of Scottishness in there for you people. I can't believe you drank that much vodka on Christmas Day. I just cannot believe it. And then you called me at two in the morning. Well, the dog dared me. <laughs> I told you to stop taking orders from the dog. <laughs> I can't believe all I got for Christmas was socks. Yeah, well, you know, the dog dared me and then she had a few halves, I had a few halves. You know, it was a mad Christmas. So and your dog was shouting insults for you to say to my dog through the phone via me, like... It was an ugly situation. Come on, I, I, I have phone called you drunk before I talk shit. When do you phone call me drunk? I phone called you drunk once. Huh. I've, I've called you while you were you happened to be drunk, but you were celebrating something at the time. Being drunk? Well, no. Let's <laughs> just go with being drunk. Well, I suppose you were around the time of your engagement. You, you phoned me, but I was in the middle of something, so then... You messaged me that you were engaged, I was in the middle of something, so I didn't phone you until later on, yeah, but by that point... I, I posted that friend's gift. But then by that point, you were you were already sitting in the midst of celebrations of your engagement, you were already a bit pissed, and then you started having conversations with Brian while I was talking when, to you. When? I, I am trying to be a better person nowadays, but before my, my time of realisation, <laughs> before my time of realisation... When did I not sound pissed? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. But like, the time of a great realisation. <laughs> yes. Realisation that it is not wise to be pissed 24 hours a day. Hmm. You know, some people just don't agree with that. Hmm. Anyway. My, alcohol, my alcoholism just didn't agree with some people. We'll have more t- proper talk about Christmas and New Year. Why else we indulge in a little alcoholism? How's that? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we were gonna, we'll talk more about Christmas and New Year in the next episode when we're, when we're together and discussing our various holidays. We will. And I, I may be stepping a, a bit ahead of myself here, but I am reasonably sure that your good self <laughs> and my good self will have a fun Tabulous Christmas. Yes. And New Year. And a festive fun period. Yes. Because there will be gifts. 
There will be chocolate. <laughs> my mother is making a trifle mm. for Christmas, and she's doing it with with the lady fingers mm. and all. She she used to make when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. She used to make trifles all the time, yeah. and they were awesome. And she's putting her putting herself back in the back in the trifle mm -hmm. sort of making game. She's yeah. going to have a go at making a Christmas trifle, and I, you know, I really, really hope. And this is going to sound really childish. I really, really, really hope I get to help <laughs> because I always liked helping making the trifle. It was fun. Am, am I a big child? Yes, I'm a bit of a mother's boy. Yeah, that's not yes. a bad thing. But damn it, I, 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 I like Christmas. I love my mother. I love making trifle. Mm -hmm. It's fun. I mean, we've talked in the past about how much I enjoy Christmas and things with my mother. Plus, mm -hmm. sorry, cutting on you. Plus, whenever we made trifle, if there was ever any spare, you know, like fruit or lady fingers or anything, who got it? I got it. Because <laughs> I helped. I mean, and I, I know I'm almost 40, but God damn it, if I help, I want to get the extras. I mean, you you won't hear this, you'll be hearing this after Christmas, but you know, you have a week until we have our reunion episode, so in the new year, so please your best now. Was there was there actually chocolate and lady fingers in Paul's Christmas? Answers will be revealed in 2023. Will be. There has to be. We'll find Don't out in the new year. Don't tell me there's no trifle. We'll find out in the new year if there was trifle. You can tell everybody if there was trifle. Or first, not. the first recording of the new year if it was trifle. I'll just make a make a shouting call and just say trifle. <laughs> but like, I get I get what you're saying about you know stuff and stuff. You know, I've talked about we talked about a couple weeks ago some of the things like you know that I like doing. My mother. I thought one thing uh, I mentioned before like I like making specific cakes during the yeah. You new make year. cakes with your mom. Yeah. Like, doesn't your mother cookies and things too? No, 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 specifically cakes. it was cakes. It was cakes. We call them snow cakes because they're white icing and something. We put coconut on them. Oh yeah, yeah. We mentioned that awesome. in the past. I remember one. I remember in the past, like some people like licking the bowl with the batter. I've never gotten that. But something I did like doing is whenever we find icing, there's any icing left in the bowl. I was running my finger around it. The yeah, icing is for me. Yeah. Just that pure sugar icing, like hmm. I can just it tastes like hmm. I can taste my teeth rotting as we speak. Yeah, that was always fun. Just from that, from that pure sugar, like, hmm, tastes like diabetes. See, I, I never did the, the scooping your finger around the bowl thing. I was always a more feral child than that. I usually just stuck my face in the bowl and licked the bowl clean. Well, I was not raised in the woods. <laughs> Neither was I. You sure about that? That's what makes me very interesting. Hmm. Well, what's the, what, where's the fun if you just don't stick your face in the bowl and go, ah, Icing, it's mm. awesome. <laughs> or if you will, if you're making a different cake, ah, bowl full of chocolatey residue, cool. There's that, yeah. You know. Or, or if if your mom was making jelly or something, and she maybe like had two or three packets, if she was making a big jelly, mm -hmm. if you gave her like, if you gave your Molly eyes, she might give you one or two bits of the jelly before she put it through a thing, mm. and you'd be like. Awesome. Jelly cubes. Cool. That was like the first sort of jelly sweetie I've ever experienced was a cube of jelly from when my mum was making jelly. And see, there was me thinking I, we wouldn't have anything to ramble about before we got to the actual show itself. Yeah, uh, you thought wrong. <laughs> yes, I was silly of me. But Paul, yes, in your house, final four. It is the 13th in your house show that they've ever done. 13th? Yes, the 13th. 
13th. Shall we? Shall we talk to the show? Because there is much to talk about, not just on the show, but around this show as we build the rest of Mania 13. All, all, all around. All around the show. Yeah, the build to Mania 13, where, quite frankly, at that particular pay per view, a certain Canadian bitch and Stone Cold Steve Austin would probably have their other than the Survivor Series 96 match. Because, <laughs> in my opinion, the best two matches between my, uh, Hart and Austin. Survivor Series 96, Mania 13. Well, they didn't have many other matches. They had one other match, I think. Well, they had that street fight on Raw. Oh, yes. Remember when when Stone Cold fucked up his leg? They also have a match at Cold Day in Hell as well. Oh, no, Cold Day in Hell. Revenge of the Taker. That's the Mm, one, Revenge mm. of the Taker. Who won that one? I don't know. Canadian. I don't know. Won it or did. I think Austin Austin may have won it. But then again, I think. Brett won the other two, the more famous two matches. Well, Austin won this one. Because I, I think the cold day in hell was called that because it was going to be Austin Taker. So Austin had to win this day and they go to fight Taker. Technically, actually, nobody really won 13. Because hmm. well, well, Stone, Stone Cold didn't tap. But Brett was, Brett was declared the winner. No, but he never really won. Because, you know, he tried to be a dick and then Shamrock went and told him what for. You know, when Shamrock didn't look like an angry, angry grander. Because <laughs> that's what he looks like now. He looks like an angry grander. Yeah. And he, did, he didn't even properly leave Impact Wrestling. He just kind of was there one day. And then he wasn't there. Yeah. They put him in a cupboard and just left him there. Like, just all jingling. Go on there. Like Wheezy and Tug Story 2, they put him up on the shelf and forgot about him. Mm. The one thing I'm looking forward to going and discussing this episode... I mean, there's, there's many high points in mm-hmm. this pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. There's also, like, half of the main event being taken up by Undertaker's entrance, as was the, t- the style at the time. It was the style at the time. I skipped through that. <laughs> every, every, I, I always feel like such an asshole. Undertaker with little teardrop tattoos. Yeah, well. but I swear to God, I, I always feel like such an asshole when everyone's saying, oh, Taker's entrance, so epic. Oh, and I was like, Anytime Undertaker's entrance is on, I see myself looking at my watch. I was like, for fuck's sake, I could, I could go and fucking, I could go to the pub and come back, and he'd still be coming to the fucking ring. And mm. I, I never liked that, you know. Mm. Let's say I liked original Undertaker entrance. Mm-hmm. Biker Taker, big evil. Mm. But this whole, ugh, you know, I, I timed it once. Mm. Do you know, and the time it takes him to get through the fucking entrance curtain to actually get in the ring and get his fucking jacket off, I could roll three cigarettes and smoke, probably smoke two of them hmm. before he's actually ready to go. Oh, well. I, n- I never thought it epic, I just found it time consuming. Okay, okay. But, but I think I'll talk about the stuff that was around the show before I get to the show itself. The show itself took place on the 16th of February, 1997, but first we need to talk about the 13th of February, at least it was aired on the 13th of February. Which yeah. Pro- oh, I think it was a live one, actually, because he only did this one episode in that venue. It was a special Thursday episode of Raw. Thursday, Raw, mm. Thursday. In case, you, in case you forgot which day it was on. Thursday, Raw, Thursday. It reminds me of that scene in Friends where free, when Joey's trying to get Chandler to remember Thursday for the audition, he wants them to try and get him. <laughs> Thursday, Wednesday, thir- Tuesday, two-day, Wednesday, what day? Thursday. So Friday. 
<laughs> yes, so there's no forgetting what day this Raw was on. It was preempted. I believe this is one of those instances of the Westminster Dog Show. What day show. was it on? Was that Thursday? Uh-huh. It was, I think, one, catch you one of the instances of the Westminster Dog <laughs> Show. Uh, preempted. I think they would do that again at some point in 2000 as well, where they'd actually be able to a later time slot, not a different day. But Raw or the Dog Show? Raw would move to a later time slot in 2000 at one, one time because uh-huh. of the Dog Show. And this was moved to SMD. I believe it was also the dog show. And then the, the Should I shake my fist at the dog show? Bad dogs. Bad dogs. There's also times in the early run of Raw where sometimes you'd be moved, but that was because of tennis. And then you have Macho Man appearing in the studio segment with, with Vincent Manfred. Oh, that tennis is nothing but a racket anyway. Ah, do you get it? Puns. Yeah. Puns. You'll have to give me a moment. I need to recover from that. Hmm. Ugh. And I understand, I completely understand. Uh, I, I think I'm going to have to go seek some therapy. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I could not stand McMahon's puns. No, that was wasn't it was McMahon, that was oh, fucking Macho that oh, said that. I could never stand his bloody puns. I never liked him, see once he turned for a wrestler in the WWF, uh-huh. to a colour commentator. Mm. I always thought he was a pain in the ass as a colour commentator, I never I liked him. I think he probably hated it as much as Macho Man hated being a commentator. Yeah, I, I was like... At that point, I was just like at the events. I was like thinking in my head. I was like, "For fuck's sake, he can wrestle. Let him wrestle. Don't uh, let him talk. <laughs> Don't let him fucking talk. <laughs> he's he's only going to sound like gravel and make no sense." Yes, this this Thursday episode of Raw. It was meant to have a match between Psycho Sid and Shawn Michaels for the WWF Championship <laughs> since contractual rematch. And now I know at one point it was meant to be. Uh, Sean versus Brett in the main event of WrestleMania 13 with the championship on the line. Mm. And at some point down the line, I, I usually I had my book that I've read from before. Like I read it the normal 97 episodes that Titan screwed book. Mm. I've read from Titan books before. I don't have it with me, but I know I remember enough of the story that I can just tell you now. So I do, want, do enlighten me, good sir. I think part of this part of the thing that Titan mentioned that Brett's recollection of talking to Sean about the Mania 13 match is also taken from Brett's book. Which I'm reading, I've not gotten to that bit so, yet. So, what you mean is it's taken from Brett's perspective? Well, no, it's Brett recalling the, the conversation. But anyway, like, I've not even got to that bit in Brett's book. But I'm at Brett's book at time recording. I've got to the bit where I just had the, the SummerSlam match with Davey. Yeah. And the quote which Brett <laughs> loves to, like, loves repeating and doing his best Davey boy version. Brett, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I can't remember anything. <laughs> but, uh, Brett talks about he had a meeting with Vince. He talked, they talked to me like, what I, now? I'm sorry to cut in, but I loved that match. Yes, I know, but the whole point is that nobody realised that at the time that he was helping Davey through, because Davey forgot everything he was Yeah, Davey do. was not right in that match, but that was his own damage. Yes, that was. he's been smoking drugs with, uh, with, with Anvil all summer. Is that what he'd been doing? Smoking crack all mm. summer? Yep. Silly, silly man. Rick talks about it in the book as well, like being very disappointed. He said, I didn't get, he wanted to chat to him before he got to England. He'd already taken off and he'd already been driven to the airport by Anvil, who Anvil then told Brett what they'd been doing. And then Brett didn't actually get to talk to Davey. Was Brett angry at Anvil? He was angry at Anvil, but he was more angry at Davey. I think he went out and told Vince when he heard about London as a, as a location where he, Brett then suggested, well, why don't you put me with Davey and have Davey win the title? So, like, I suggested you win the title in the main event of this show and then. You're not even prepared. You're really doing crack and all that. I mean, I do. I do criticize Brett a lot, but you can never criticize a man's professionalism mm. ever. 
he said that like the night before everyone got a wee brief time in the ring to do like some rehearsals and go over their spots. He said when he when he Davy got in the ring, they uh, that's the first time he got he'd gotten to see Davy in ages mm. so they could go over the match. And it's the same that David forgot everything because apparently the night before Brett went so much in detail that he'd say he'd tell David a bunch of spots they were doing it and get him to recall them back to him just, just to so, make sure that they were going in. So Brett knew it was Being it was good. Aye. Aye. And then immediately they did a they go a few spots. David gets in a headlock and whispers to Brett, Brett, I'm fucked. I can't remember anything. <laughs> anyway, this is no Brett. Yeah, this is this is this is not about Brett's professionalism and Davy's lack of. I believe this is this meeting precedes the Rumble where Brett goes to Titan Towers. He's already resigned a deal. I think this is that wanted ten year deal that Vince. Oh yeah, it was a twenty year deal actually. Oh yeah, twenty year. A twenty deal. year deal. But like so, Vince, and then they tell him that, and then Brett runs into Sean. The very it seems very cordial. Hello, hello. Is, seen... it, is this the story where he says to <laughs> Sean, "Look, look, no hard feelings. I'm happy. I'll." No. No, this is li- that so this is the one. Well, I'll, I'm glad you'll do that for me, but I'm not doing that for you. No, it's pretty cordial because they only they've seen each other legitly in a while, and they were just chatting and chatting. Like, oh, I mean, with Vince, he tells me, "Oh, you and I." He basically tells them that Brett Brett's up, so up. Apparently, according to Vince, the headlines like me, beat you many for the title. But does I believe Brett also says he also did mention you will beat me again down the line. But he said that he no- he saw a noticeable change in Sean's demeanor mm. the minute he told him he would lose to Brett Mania. But, like, it seems weird that Sean Wheeler, like, the ultimate goal is for you to come out on top of this series, like... Yeah. But it seems weird. We were joking about it before, like, so, like, Sean's attitude is, I like the parts where I win. Yeah. Don't necessarily like the parts where you win. It's kind of weird, too, because a lot of people, like, I've watched a lot of wrestling, you know, like, shoot interviews, mm-hmm. documentaries, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people always... I mean, a lot of people are negatory on Sean in this time period, quite obviously, because mm-hmm. of his attitude, you know? But no one ever seemed to doubt the man's professionalism. Yeah. We said a lot of the time that was, a, in a lot of cases, his Achilles heel, which is why a lot of the times why he was such a cunt, because Aye. he never wanted to look bad in a match. So he was like, Aye. wrestle good. Aye. So if he was so if he was so adamant about mm. professionalism, when to act so unprofessional, mm. seems a little odd. I know. You know? So and so that happened and then at one point the plan is then Vince says like oh, we're going to have you guys fight wrestling but not for the belt at which Brett was a bit like oh alright then <laughs> alright fine whatever you like you watch and I've again a big thank you I mentioned a lot of some <laughs> stuff I'll mention about the Raw is, is thanks to this guy because of his series on YouTube wrestling bios and his We Live in the War show yeah yeah it's a really good resource for watching back oh, at this I, I time. watch that quite a bit I like that guy awesome it really, it really is he's really awesome <laughs> So uh, he, he, Irish guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Northern Ireland, I believe. But you, I don't, I don't differentiate. Just yeah. Irish cunt. Yeah. <laughs> but in a good I sense. say that in the nicest in a, way. Yeah, I know, but it caught yeah. me off guard. But like he points out, especially like even before the rumble. But like you can clearly tell, like even though some people say, "Oh, we weren't going to do Brett Sean at me," but like it clearly looks like you're gonna, whether it's for the belt or not. <laughs> so why you say that? Clearly looks like you're gonna. Like also between the rumble and me and uh, this pay per view. I believe it was early, the first show in February of 97 was the first ever two hour episode of Raw. Because Vince was convinced, oh, the reason Nitro's being this is because they got that extra hour on us. It wasn't. Because your show sucked. <laughs> and now you're giving us an extra hour of suckage. Like, hey, that sounds not right. <laughs> not right at all. Depends the context. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, good God. You made it worse, Scott. You made it worse. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why'd you make it worse? 
I don't know. <laughs> I thought about it. I follow up joke, but I'm not going to say it. Oh, no, no, you'll you'll get us you'll get us cancelled. I'll say it off air. Oh, cool. So <laughs> only you, it only you have to be haunted by it. <laughs> I'm never haunted by anything. We'll see about that. Uh, what was it next? So they they've gone two hours and they they'll do this thing weirdly, but before and after we got after WrestleMania, where they they shoot raw in weird locations like they do. They shoot on tour after WrestleMania, like some shows from Germany, which was where the European title. Yeah. and also they show some shows from Africa or Kuwait. Yeah, but then there's an episode. Um, I I I hate to you know, <laughs> you know, play my own trumpet here, you know, but with my vast and complete collection uh-huh. of the best of Raw, mm-hmm. I have a lot of those matches to hand. Good for you. I have a very interesting actually since I am on the subject. <laughs> well, you're while you're taking us on a tangent, you might as well mention. Well, I am taking us on a tangent. I have one which is a very interesting match, a title defense by Psycho Sid mm-hmm. against Mankind. Interesting. Which happened in, I believe, and do not quote me on this because I have not watched the tape in a while, for obvious reasons. My machine's fucked. <laughs> I believe that particular match was in Germany. There you go. I believe. There so, you go. And since, since I am now, my, my can is now bereft of liquid... I need another can. I will pass you another. There you awesome. Go. Hey, I, Strongbow Dark Fruit. You gotta love it. I I, uh, I said I would wait for you to have your next now before I open mine. I, I, I reneged yeah, on that promise. You reneged, I know. You've, you've got a problem, Scott. You beep, really beep, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, right. But the point is, there was an episode filmed in the Toronto Sky Dome from a live event they did there. They filmed some stuff for that. And there's a thing between Sean and Brett where there's a bit of a scuffle there, Miss Babies is chasing him heels away. Brett picks up the belt and goes down to Sean and literally Sean reaches over. Brett just drops it in front of him to like fucking see you soon. I'll be taking that belt from you, boy. Yeah. Uh, and so then I think they then change around. Oh, we're going to. Because Vince had got his idea. I want to do Sid versus Undertaker. Because apparently before he did the Hogan yeah. match at Mania 8, Vince apparently wanted to do Sid Taker back at WrestleMania 8 as well. That would have been cool then. So, said, said justice mm, when said justice against the Undertaker. So then says, fuck it, we'll have Vin, we'll have give Sid back the belt. Have that match with Dale. Just have you guys in a grudge match. And then Brett was like, that odd. Why are we doing this again? The whole thing was you. T- he took the belt from me, me at twelve. Why does it make sense for me to fight him without the belt? And at one point, Vince tried to appease him. Goes, what if you ever you beat him in after the match? You get to cut his hair. And like, why do I fuck? Do I? Why do I give a fuck about Shawn Michaels' hair? And. If I was Sean yeah. and Vince suggested that, I would have quit. I think Sean would have a, a more of an issue about his hair being cut than losing the belt. Yeah, fucking fuck off. Yeah. I, I feel him on that one. If, I, mean, I, if fair, I was a pro wrestler and my boss was like, hey, we're going to cut your hair, and I'd be like, hey, you can go fuck yourself. I'm but, quitting. It's the same guy who came out of the virus he's too with a fucking bob cut or whatever. Let's what not that. speak of that. <laughs> Let's not ever, ever, ever speak of that. Whenever we discuss Survivor Series though too, we are going to we are going to forget that. So basically, there was no build up to it. <sighs> there was no build up. One week Sean's there, fine, talking about how people don't like my attitude. Sometimes you need to be bad to get by and be on top in this business. The very next week, Thursday Thursday opens with Vince Man saying Tonight, sadly, Shawn Michaels will be here to relinquish the WWE Championship. It just comes out of nowhere. And also, Sid fights Stone Cold in that show as well. I, f- I 
don't know, I can't remember who wins. I think it's, it was a couple between Brett and Stone Cold earlier on, then Brett comes out and causes some shenanigans and that. Well, so I don't think there was a clear winner. At that particular point, mm-hmm. who was who was higher up at that point, I believe? At that point, and it was Sid. It probably would have been Sid, yeah, because he was going to get the belt back. Uh, and then, also at one point, I think they build him up again after having with Shaw, they build him as a threat. And this, a few weeks ago on Raw, uh, Vader got a cleanish win over Bret Hart, which was treated as an upset. And then... Well, not an upset, but like we saw, like my God, like Vader Bomb. You can you believe how dominant Vader was over the yeah. former champion in Bret Hart, and can't, then can't believe how dominant that guy was, who you initially brought in and made look really dominant until Sean had to work with him. Basically, Bret then got revenge by beating Vader later on in the main event of, of that Thursday World Thursday. It was mainly because of Austin. Austin was in the crowd shouting encouragement to Vader to beat up Bret and say, "Go yeah. to the top rope and hit your minsole." But he took too long and moved, and then Bret got the win from that. And there was a bit worth of the goal, the closing shot of the World Thursdays. Take Austin on a balcony, wanting to climb down from the balcony in the venue and going like, let me am, let me am. And yeah. By the same venue, it's fine enough that Sean loses. Scrappy do it? Yes, pretty let much. Me, let me at him, let me at him. The same venue that they do this, Sean losing his smile, is the same venue they come back to in December with the, hey, sword! Ah! ah. <laughs> <laughs> This is the greatest moment of my life. This is a great moment since my kids were... Oh, I don't have any kids, but... Ah! But I know. Uh. <laughs> that was a fucking great match. Anyway, for the lauded European title at the time. So then Sean comes out and he's like, it's all sad. He, he showed a full promo on this show, but like, yeah. I've lost many things over the last while, and one of them has been my smile. Yes. I, don't want, I don't want to come out and <laughs> half-ass it and all that. He's got that stuff. Well, he looks fucked behind the eyes as well. Yeah. Looks look good, that stubble, though. So then, also, some people had an issue with it, where, where he does this, where he hands the belt. He just turns the girl once and goes, Here you go. Here's your belt. Like, yeah. you mean the belt that you keep, you keep fucking politicking for, Sean? Yeah. You keep like, I want Politicked for it until he had to drop it to the Canadian boy. Mm. And then he, then he won, so... Well, he, well, he it so he couldn't... So he didn't yeah, have to... so he didn't have to... Drop it, he politics, so he didn't have to lose, lose it. Didn't have, so he didn't have to lose it, he said as well. Yeah, which is, and I, I don't get that, because yeah. anytime I've watched shoot interviews with Sid, mm-hmm. he always speaks highly of Sean. Maybe he didn't know that that was what... Like I say, like one of the most glaring <laughs> sentences I remember hearing on a Sid shoot interview was like, he was describing the difference between fighting Sean Aye. and fighting Brett, and he would say like, fighting Brett was like pulling teeth. Mm. But fighting Sean, Sean always made you look good. So Sean does the whole promo, and like, so the story goes: Sean did have a bad knee, but they portrayed this as a career-ending. Like he said, he even, he even said the phrase: "I think we may be past knee con- reconstructive surgery at this point." But you're standing up. Aye, you're walking a bit. Aye, you'd, you'd be don't in crutches. You'd be in crutches if this was the case. You'd look like Brett did mm. when he was in that bloody chair and you Aye. kicked him out of <laughs> And that, I've got to say, that didn't look like a, a wrestling kick. Mm. That was a that was at the height of their, their pettiness, wasn't it? Yes. When and do you know why I I and this is my strong opinion uh-huh. why I believe that was a legit super kick. It's the look on Sean's face before he delivers it. <laughs> I've never, you know how you said in that promo he's cutting in this uh, show, uh, he looks 
No right behind the eyes, he looks like he's maybe a wee bit influenced chemically. Aye. On that promo when he kicked fucking Brett out of the chair, I've never seen that much rage in Michael's eyes. Mm-hmm. He was stalling like, and then he just went, bah, I booted the fucker right out of him. And they fucking, they missed that on TV because like, apparently it was many close to know, that kick. And Brett, out. And, it, and, it, and basically Sean had a cue and he missed it. So Raw goes off the air with Brett just rambling in his wheelchair. Aye, Sean missed the cue because Brett wouldn't shut up. No, he was meant to kick him mid-sentence, that was the whole point. Brett keeps talking until Sean has enough, and then mid-sentence kicks him and he tumbles over. Mm. But, but Sean forgot when his cue was and he just done stared at him and then just fucking kicked him. Whereas I'm assuming Brett was there like, I'm talking, running out of things to say here. Kick me in the face, you dumb fuck. And then he most certainly did kick him in the face. He kicked him good and hard. Mm. Kicked him good looking. But then, so obviously Sean goes away. Obviously, there's people who don't like Sean, so obviously they're like, this is bullshit, this. People, people didn't like Sean then? No. Yeah, who could have thought? <laughs> why? Why would you Why would you dislike that drugged up little prima donna? Ironically, this was a chance for him to go away, maybe go off TV, maybe get himself started out. But no, if anything, he comes back, he's worse than before. He's more of a cunt. He throws at WrestleMania 13, he, he does a big entrance, he dances a bit, gets on the top rope and does a backflip at WrestleMania 13, and like, ah, oh, is that knee working out for you, Sean? Yeah, totally, he he's, like, he's like, fuck it, I don't care. Well, that was the thing about Sean in that time period, that, like, you know that whole love-to-hate thing? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I thought he was an asshole, but he was, a, he was very easy on the eyes, Lynn. Mm-hmm. Very easy on the eyes. Not so much nowadays. No. He, look, he, looks a, he looks a lot like he could have been Trevor. That, from GTA. That same podcast I was talking about, they talked about it, they, they were joking about the Shawn Michaels uh, play girl thing, and they are talking about like, yeah. apparently like, he keeps himself, like, he's not good or in the face, but apparently he keeps himself in really good shape because of his training and everything, but like, they were saying like, oh, apparently Playgirl reached out to him a couple of years ago about doing like an anniversary thing, and like, one of them goes, well, I'm glad he didn't do that, because Sean, as much as I like you, you rage like milk. <laughs> aye, aye. But no, when he did, he's, He's Playgirl thing. Because they tell a story on that podcast about, and it's, got, it's from Coldaholic, obviously, it's a classic Raw review, and they say, recently Sean did it thinking, well, men read play, play Boy, so women must read Play Girl. And then does a sign, and they're like, hmm, there's a lot of guy, bald guys in leather around here. Mm. <laughs> and then they're like, wait. Basically, like, aye, women can see me with my tap off. Like, what do you mean gay men read a magazine about men with their taps off? No bits of it. Right, well. Some of that concept's been foreign to Sean Michaels, but a sheltered upbringing he must have led. And that was false advertising. I've seen no bits. I've only seen a belt. <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt stiffed on that one. Not part of the pun. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Well, well, in a good way and a bad way, you know what I mean? Anyway, so, so Sean give, gives other bits of the announce the final four match will be for the title, and then the next night on Raw, it will be Psycho Sid versus the winner of the final four. Because originally it was going to be Sean v. Sid and Thursday Raw Thursday, and then it was going to be the winner of the final four match versus the WWE champion at WrestleMania. Yeah. And now it's for the title. Let's go to the event itself now. Let's do, let's oh, do. Oh, wait, actually, sorry. I must mention that at Thursday Raw Thursday, the match opens, and allegedly it's because they thought, oh, well, people will be sad that Sean's had to leave, or... He, and there are some women. He's lost his smile now. There, there are some women who were upset. Were they really upset, or were they plants? I don't know. That's up to you. If they were women of that time period, 
and I'm not saying about the women, I'm saying about the women fans that like Sean. Yeah. I doubt they were plants. I mean, one of them is dressed as a muscle. I mean, yeah. don't don't you remember the only people that were cheering him at Survivor Series 96? Yeah. Men weren't cheering him, but the women were screaming for him. So, and I, I despite the fact I love the fact that Sid won that match, Sean looked great when he came out for that match. So, they thought, oh, need, need something to boost fan morale. What are we going to do? That's what, I, go, I know what we're going to do. I'll have young upstart Rocky Maivia win the Intercontinental Championship. Well, that was a good decision. You get Rocky Maivia won. And there were some boos. Yeah. They yeah, but he ran out into the crowd for the only bit of the, the only section of the crowd that seemed to like him. And they they know they're exactly against them that much when we talk about them later on, but I think it's when about me and third team we get the proper fuck you, die, Rocky, die yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that when he was defending said belt against the Sultan? Yes, yes. He's against Chicago, so The Sultan Those crowds can be Rikishi. <laughs> also a week after this on Nitro, a week after this show on oh, Nigel, we have a character called Prince Ayakea, who was kind of the Samoan yeah, character. He wrestled barefoot. He beat Steve Regal for the TV championship. And a lot of people thought, looked at the way he was portrayed as a case of, I believe he was Samoan. He might have been... Something else. I think so. Don't quote me on that. But uh, he, a lot of people realised this was WCW's attempt to copy the Rocky Maivia thing. Mm. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that Maivia... I, I, Ikea fights William Regal at uh, a pay-per-view in the spring. I think it may have been Spring Stampede. He may lose it back to him. And then the next big thing he does after this, and this is one of Vince Russell's, well, a lot of people call this one of Vince Russell's better decisions in WCW, where he takes that character where he's a parody of Prince, where he becomes the artist formerly known as Prince Ikea, <laughs> or just simply the artist. And he has a brief run as Cruiserweight Champion in 2000, and he also gets a magic called Paisley, who portrayed by Charmel Bukerti's real-life wife. Oh. So there you go. He had, had a brief food with Chris Candido, who, if you saw how many roids he was on at that point, you're thinking, you're not a fucking cruiserweight, mate. Chris Candido? Yes, he was, you see him in 2000, and some of the matches he had with Chris Candido, you look at him like, are you fuck under this cruiserweight weight limit, mate? Was he as natural as Hulk? Well, not not that not that unnatural, but he clearly he packed on a wee bit, and maybe not by the natural means. Yeah, he he didn't have a big enough vit- vitamin bag. Yeah. He didn't say enough prayers to a drug man. No, the man with all the drugs at the time in WF was shagging his missus. That was Shawn Michaels. Aye, aye, aye. That was, you know, that was never more obvious than it one night only. Mm. And also... Shawn getting interviewed by Sonny, <laughs> obviously. And quite clearly, in my opinion, out his tits. And then she also shagged Bulldog as well. I shagged him too. Also, there's a lot of stories of Shawn shagging Sonny in, like, closets at arenas. With like six or Sean Waltman watching the door. Or sorry, no, Sean Waltman wouldn't have been there. No. But I don't know if it, somebody associated with the click was watching the door for Sean. And it wasn't Triple H. Is it Alda Montoya? Maybe. I don't know. Somebody was watching the door for Sean. Oh, if somebody's going to watch the door, it has to be the Portuguese man of war. Yes. With the jock strap on his face. <laughs> yeah, let's go back. To, let's get to the show finally. Let's do. Let's do. So, February 16th, 1997, the UTC Centre. UTC Arena, sorry, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Is that particular arena still with us, or is it... It is, but it's not called the UTC. It opened in 1982, but was renamed the McKenzie Arena in the year 2000. Has it been used in wrestling in any modern sense? Not that, not that I can recall. It's a fairly, it seems like there's a sizable crowd it can fit in there, 
but I don't recall any shows in this type of venue before. Maybe the setup was different. But there were, were 6,319 people in this venue, which has about a max capacity of around 10,900. So still reasonably underfilled. Still yeah. reasonably underfilled. Okay. Anyway, yeah. so, I think around about this time period, though, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that the WWF had a bit of a problem with that, you know, yeah. actually filling an arena to capacity because yeah. they hadn't quite gotten to that sort of global juggernaut status they got to. Yeah, they were really doing like, there were live events, like they, they stopped doing a 95 A, A, A shows and B shows and the live events because there literally was not the talent roster. Yeah, there was not the people there to do it. And they weren't drawing enough people. They were like, in 96, around about the time they did the curtain call, that curtain call show was like the second consecutive sellout at Madison Square Garden, which was treated as a big deal at the time. Yeah. It had been a while since they'd been able to properly sell it at MSG, whereas in the heyday, they would sell that out on a minute's notice. Yeah. So there was, and also, even though it's prevailed as a really shit pay-per-view, NWO did have like an NWO-themed pay-per-view called Sold Out. Yeah. So NWO still had its peak at this point, so WCW still riding that popularity wave. Yeah, and so still that's riding that wave of Heel Hogan. Yeah. You've also got a buy rate of 120,000 for this show. For this show. Is that, was that good for the I mean, time period? I mean, it's over the 120,000, but for a B show, it's probably okay, but I'm sure it's lower than what they would have wanted. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Uh, so, as I mentioned, also we had the Thursday Raw Thursday stuff. It was a dark match, not even a free throw match. It was on. The, it was a dark match. We was typically happy during the free throw, but they were showing promos, and then there was a shot as they panned over the arena, like look at the crowd, look at the crowd. There's a match in there. Ignore the cr- ignore the match. So it was technically briefly showing an overhead shot, but it was really for the live crowd. A match where the Godwins would defeat the Headbangers in eleven minutes twenty four. The Godwins actually made their debut on Raw officially the week before. Yeah. They actually have appearance before, but not as ever as the Flying Nuns on the first ever episode of uh, Shotgun Saturday Night. They were just as nuns and they were... Wasn't they, that the headbangers? Yes, I'm saying yeah, that's what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah. They, they were managed by Brother Love. I, think they I got, remember that. I think they got battered on that show. can't remember who their opponents were. We did. Also, I watched it. The Raw after this, they actually fight uh, young Matt and Jeff Hardy and absolutely beat the piss out of them. The headbangers did? Yes. Good old. The, Matt nearly gets his neck broken when one of them goes to drop him across the top rope. He doesn't quite get it, but then he hits his head really na- nasty looking on the middle rope. Mm. Looked a bit. Ugh. It's JR and King are, on, are your commentary team. And the video package is basically talking about what does it mean to be the World Wrestling Federation champion? For Shawn Michaels, it meant the culmination of a boyhood dream. And you know, all that. And was, but unfortunately, a cruel twist of fate has. Aye, he had to fight Brett. And then she was the the other the other compared like these men, driven by the driven by the desire to be champion. And then she was Undertaker chokes down that ref at the rumble and Brett going out <laughs> getting angry. He said that whole I've been screwed by Shawn Michaels, I quit and all that. So like these men, some of these men are not the role models they once were. To be fair though, I know Undertaker's a fan favorite at this point, but if an undead mortician is your role model, <laughs> you've got some fucking issues. Like the big, so big dramatic, sometimes black and white, sometimes in color video package, and it goes. And now, Western Western Union, the fastest way to transfer money, presents in your house final four. The, the, there was no much. The, you didn't miss anything in the free throw. It's basically just everybody in the free throw gets a promo. Yeah. Pretty much. And then, can I just talk about the setup in this arena? It looks shit. It does look pretty cheap, doesn't it? The set is literally the kind of wait. Art, metal arch with lights that they use for fucking superstars at that point. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter the weird place they put it in the corner, which means you get that and then you pan it a little bit. Just a big 
on the wall around me, just a big black curtain. Yeah, I liked, I must say, that I liked that arch. Okay. Like, if it wasn't for the fact that the arch was within a such a horridly gay setup, mm -hmm. you know? Because I, like, I liked that sort of thing, like, see when they started doing Raw proper? Mm -hmm. You know, what that, like, metal arch type shit yeah. and hard edge stuff. Yeah. It looked cool, but in this sort of later new gen set, and it was kind of wanky. I think maybe the part of the reason that this show maybe didn't get a few more people or maybe get over 100, 120,000 buys is because, other than the final four, they really didn't promote any other matches. No, not really. This show. I, mu I must say right off the top, look, one thing I did notice in watching this pay-per-view was, huh. quite frankly, it, it seemed to go so quickly. Oh yeah, it's an hour and 43 minutes yeah, in total. It's just for a pay-per-view, I mean, I know it's an in-your-house, yeah. but still, come on, This what would you say this was the 13th? 13th, yes. By the 13th one, you'd think you'd have it set better than that. I know, like, the, go, 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 like, literally, it felt like they suddenly realised, shit, we thought we had the building to 11, we've only got it till 10, everyone get out, go, 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 go. Really? Uh, and I think... This is one of those examples, like, there are times where you'll have, like, our match, and where the main event has, like, the majority of your big stars, mm. but then there are periods of time where uh, that won't hinder the show because you've actually got such a breadth of talent. Yeah. But then there, there are times like this where there are talent, some aren't quite there yet, and so the overall, the, the, most of the rest of the show kind of suffers by, by result, uh, as a result, and this is one of those examples. Case in point, our opening match is Mark Merrill versus Lee Cassidy. May I take the lead on this one? Go ahead. May I? Go ahead. Firstly, right, I never liked Mark Merrill. You've made that abundantly clear. I, I mean, I, I have nothing against the guy. He was cool. He was, he was an interesting guy, but I just, I never liked him. You know, I just, I never got into a hype. Mm -hmm. But then I had, I had gone on YouTube and I'd seen a couple of clips of, uh -huh. you know, Johnny B. Bad. Mm -hmm. I liked him. Yeah. I didn't, thought, I didn't thought, like the wild man. Yeah, well, Vince liked Johnny B. Bad and then Bachman thought, like, you can't, you can't be Johnny B. Bad, so you have to be this. Couldn't he be Davey B. Bad? Oh, Johnny B. Good. Johnny B. Good. <laughs> he could have been Johnny B. Good. Yeah. But no, nah, I mean, the whole, like, I'd seen the Johnny B. Good thing and then... You see him in the WWF, and you're like, ah, oh, wild man. Mm. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then it got to this point where I was watching him coming out, and I was like, oh, he's bringing that with him. Mm. You know? Lacking. Well, oh, huh? And he comes out to wrestle a guy who, frankly, frankly, in my opinion, I think he'd more talent on his ass cheek than Matt Merrill did as a wrestler. You know, I mean, I get it, Meryl could do high-flying, blah, 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 blah. But he was just such a dullard, man, he was, he was pish. And Leif Cassidy, like, see, watching this match and hearing the way JR talks about him Aye. throughout, there is not one word of a lie that JR says. Horribly underutilised, fantastic guy. JR's real opinions are coming through when he's ever he talks about Leif Cassidy being underrated. Oh, and totally, totally. But, I mean, if you watch the match, right, and to... To get through this, right, it's Leaf Cassidy throughout, like, 90% of this match kicking the living piss at Lishin. Mm. And what eventually saves it for him, and you can go into more detail once I've ranted a little on this, right? No, sure, go ahead. But, fucking, what saves it for him after getting his ass kicked for the most of the match? Latian. Mm -hmm. Pushing the rope for him. Yeah. 
and then acting as a distraction. Mm. And then he gets a pissy wee Simone drop, and not even a good Simone no, drop, no. it was a shite Simone drop. And then he footles up onto the turnbuckle to get his, his wild thing. Leaf Cassidy, go, after kicking the living shite out of him for the whole match, goes down with a fucking Simone drop and a wild thing. I mean, the, the, wild, the wild thing, fair enough. I mean, it's a shooting star press. That's the only fucking interesting move the cunt done the whole match. I'm saying, like, a shooting star press at that point especially should finish it, but yeah, the, you, I, might, I agree with you, the setup to the shooting star should be better than it was. It was pathetic. It wasn't even a proper Simone drop. It's like he just lifted him and fell over. Like, there, was, there was no... That was my reason I disliked Merrill. There was no... Well, there was nothing that got you gripped about the guy. Even when he turned heel and went all boxery, yeah. there was nothing that made you want to like him. You know? But Stable's wearing sunglasses, right? Aye. And then... One too it, many of them the night before, eh? There's a bit where she's getting into it with bloody Lee Cassidy. And basically, Waller, uh, through, through his own way, basically implies that if she keeps getting involved, she's going to need those sunglasses to cover up two black eyes. Aye, aye. And like... Like, fuck's sake, Jerry. I was like, well, I'd hope he'd have a wee bit more class than that. Yeah. You know, but well, Jerry was a bell end. Aye. <laughs> aye. But, like, something that really, really doesn't make this feel like a... Like, it doesn't even feel like a B show at times. And much like this, it feels like a fucking D show. Yeah. Because, so you're just missing out, see? Yeah. Because, like... An example of that is... You do the big, in your hair, it's fine, all four. And usually, you have a bit of PVT music, like something instrumental, and then... Be boom, 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 pyro. You hear JR in that talking, then someone's music plays. But no, nothing. Li- literally, as soon as the Final Four logo moves from the screen, you hear the opening of Hartmere's music. Lee Cassidy is already in the yeah, ring. Leaf, Leaf Cassidy was treated like a fucking jobber. Literally, this match, and there, this is like, there are at least three occasions where someone's already in the ring when, yeah. when a match starts. So, you not only have you, have, have you got the set from Superstars, you're making it feel like Superstars. Yeah. Especially you, in this match. No, you're making you're making what turns out at that time period to be one of your standout pay-per-views look like a fucking D fucking shitty. It's like it's like a fucking it's like a high class episode of Velocity or Heat. Like there's no there's no phrase that automatically tells everybody how unlikely someone is to win a match than the phrase already in the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can tell how joyous, you know, Leaf Cassidy looks about it. He's already standing around going, I've got to wrestle this dull motherfucker. Like, and it's weird because, like, this is exactly what he was doing last in your eyes. Like, literally, he was being the guy to help put over Flash Funk. And now he's in the exact same spot for a guy who's trying to wrestle a similar style than Flash I can, Funk. I can always agree with JR in that regard when he talks about how underutilised Al Snow was. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to say Leaf Cassidy. I don't even know... What his actual name is? Is it Al? Is it his real name Leaf? is Al? I think. Right. I don't know where the Leaf Cassidy came from. Well, anywho, right. He always get. I always think we done him wrong uh-huh. in general because he was. I mean, not like when we were talking about the Taz match on the last. Yeah. Well, on the Rogue Opinions thing we were doing. Yeah. Al Snow, Leaf Cassidy, whatever the fuck you want to call him. That guy can. That guy can freaking go, man. Mm-hmm. You know, he can go so much, and he he's technically good. He can do a bit of high flying. He's strong. He's interesting. He's no regard. Mm. Whereas, the wild man. Well, you know, he comes in with his sparklers going, and his wee, his wee boot tassels, and the, and the, 
the hang that walks with him. I mean, they, pay, they were paying him a lot of money. He was. It's argued. It's debated between him and Pillman because they came in at the same time. Who got the first guaranteed contract? But what, he, between Merrill and Pillman? Yes, because they both got those. Even though Vince said before he was never, he wasn't doing those kind of contracts, but he, he got those because he really wanted to get bring those two guys in. I'm assuming because by this point you already knew he was losing Diesel and Razor to those kind of contracts. So replace Diesel and Razor with Pillman and Merrill. I mean, I Pillman, can only see fifty percent of that being worthwhile. Pillman would have paid off more so had Pillman not shortly after saying got in that car accident, which drastically he was flying. Brian was no longer flying. Let's just say no. Flying Brian turned into crazy gun Brian. Yes, very much. And then unfortunately we lost mm-hmm. the flying one and. That sucked ass. But like, at this point, there's a I read it as in Mick Foley's book. I was surprised in his first book that it was a, he was approached to to work Mark Merrow at WrestleMania 13. Yeah. And he said, "This is the first thing I properly said no to someone." But he said it quite bluntly, and like, "I'm sorry, I don't have any disres- I don't have anything against Mark. But I do not want to wrestle him at WrestleMania." Like, yeah. He he was like very blunt about the fact, like, "Let's see, I see the money he's on compared to what I'm making. I should." I should be making what he's making right now. Yeah, I'm not wrestling a guy who's there more than me and doesn't deserve to be. I'm pretty sure he's not even on wrestling at 13 because I think that's when he gets his knee injury, which then turns him into boxer. Boxer Marky man. Well, because he was a boxer in real life. So no, the Golden Gloves guy. Yes. So let's, let's, let's talk about the actual match. I'll, I'll give you some brief yeah, highlights. I, for a I do apologise for my, my no, no. brief rant about it, but I just I feel the match is so. The only thing I can say positively about the match. Is that Leaf Cassidy is really fucking good in the match? Yeah. I mean, that constant thing with the technical point in it, mm-hmm. that constant drop kick and targeting of the knee, yeah. and the constant like the wrenching, like mm-hmm. the constant submission, like fucking Leaf Cassidy's wrestling like Brett. Yeah, you know, constant targeting of a body part, constant knee attacks, constant submissions. I even hits in a figure four at one fucking point. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking. That is the thing that made me dislike Merrow a lot. Whoever he was let, whoever he was wrestling, did the work. Yeah, that was the issue I had. Mm. Whoever was fighting him, did the work. He took an ass kicking, and then lo and behold, he would do some shitty setup, wild thing. Yeah, done. So, in the match, commentary are really critical of the. the High flying style, especially for that time. That Mark yeah, was like, yeah. oh, he's going to He's going to get himself hurt and everything. And then Cassidy gets to try to buy stable at one point, which allows Mark Merrill had an axe hand off the off the apron, and then he gets a bad and he starts getting his face like, "Don't you ever go near her again!" Like basically foreshadowing his abusive boyfriend gimmick he'd be saddled with after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, like you said, drop kicks the knee a couple of times, then locks in a leg submission. Fucking crowd, by the way. They've only seen one match, and then I think a couple of promos for Final Four were in the arena, so they yeah. got to see some big stars. Literally, the match starts, they get a wee bit hyped, and literally, literally the minute that that, that submission's locked in, I'll, this is a phrase I'm going to use for now, they gave it the Bobby Fish pop. Mmm. Which is, fuck all. Aye, I, I noticed that. I, I thought of Bobby Fish. And, do you know what, honestly, and I'm, I know I'm going off tangent here, yeah. but. <laughs> 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 oh, when he would finish that promo, I wanted to give him a wee cut. Like, you know, you tried, mate. You tried, mate, but you know, I'm not feeling it. I just said that this match had a at the boy fish pop, and you know, I ask you, as boy fish tried to, where's the line? Where's the line? 
the lie. <laughs> right, well, Where's the lie? Come on, Bobby. Bobby, come on, you've you've done enough, son. Come on. Where you go back behind the curtain again, nobody's scared. <gasps> it's think... like it's like with Meryl. Come on, Meryl. Come on. You've done hee haw. What right have you got to even fucking what are you doing in this ring? Get the he, he tries to fight back, but then he gets put back down the mat. Locks a figure fourth locked in. Mm. Like, oh, this what, goes no, what in the hell, man? And I'm sorry, I just and I'm I'm not ranting. Nothing. I'm just genuinely curious. I mean, what the hell was Vince thinking? You know, money. No, if he was thinking money, then he should have pushed a guy who could actually fucking wrestle. Mm. You know, and a guy like if Vince had got behind him with his own brand of, ooh, look how I can make a star. If he'd actually worked on Leaf, mm-hmm. he could have made him big. It? Like now, Vince, who confident Vince sometimes is his ability to make a star. Do you know how? You know, one time there was that PWI five hundred list, and so somebody had a copy of the five hundred list in the meet in the office. And so he's like, you know what? Let me see that list. Whoever number five hundred is, I'm gonna hire him. And I'm gonna make him a star to prove I can make anyone a star. Do you know who number five hundred was that particular year? Duke Drosy. That's how Duke Drosy, the dumpster, got his job. He was now number 500 in the PWI 500, and Vince was so common he could make anyone a star, he hired him just, just to, to prove it. How high up the P500 list was Drossy by the time he'd finished his tenure with the WWE? God or fucking knows. Was he minus 500 or something? Who knows? Who knows? What, what is it? I mean, he, had, he got a pay-per-view victory over, over by Triple H of the Rumble. Yeah, I was about to say, that's the only thing anyone ever remembers. He won because all of a sudden the WWE had a video playback rule. Yeah. So, Meryl then, Meryl then gets the ropes because Sable pushes them towards I him know. after the rally's in the figure four. Fucking... And so Cassidy goes to the outside, and Cassidy says, oh, rightfully so, she slaps them in full view of the ref. And also, Sable, here's a tip. If you want to get away from someone, when you go to run, don't run past them to get away from them. Because mm. Cassidy quickly grabs her. And then Meryl launched himself to the outside. Yeah, pathetically. Yeah. That, that was... I mean, I've seen... I've seen you know, dives dives from the ring through the ropes. Some of them look like, you know who's really good at that? Personal opinion. Finn. Yeah. Finn Balor's fucking fantastic mm-hmm. at that. Dominic, actually, no. Dom Mysterio, he's yeah. good at that kind of thing. I'm starting to, like, like more than ever, I'm starting yeah. to watch Dom, and Dom's trying. Yeah. Dom's doing well. But, oh, Meryl was just so Fucking half in that match. So like every, everything he did, either looked boring or clumsy. So you can clearly see him as he picks them up. They're chatting to each other. Right, fucking, gets, fucking Cassidy's going. What the fuck are you doing? And so he brings it back in. He, he nudges. He, he he tries to hit him off the turn, but really he takes his head. Goes, eh. he I know. The top I know. Rope, right. Thirty someone drop. Wild thing. Uh, Look, I mean, what was your opinion about someone drop? It looked crap. Did you not watch it and go, did you not shake your head going, that, that, that was, was a fucking, like, he dropped him like a sack of spuds. That's the phrase mm. he should use. It didn't even, like, you know the way you, like, when you see somebody doing a good Samoan drop? Yeah. Like, the way fucking, like, Razor used to yeah. do a thing like that, like, The Rock used to do a thing yeah. like that. Get them up and stone upright and be like, oh, right, this yeah. cunt's going down. And then they would, you know, whenever anybody's doing a good Samoan drop, they lean forward a bit and then they'll, fuck you, right yeah. back like that. Fucking like you say, Meryl picked him up and then just, it's as if his knees crumpled and he fell. You know how the best Simone drops, either Umaga or the Usos, that's the best Simone drop. Oh, the Usos are great yeah. at it. And Long Rest, Umaga, Umaga. Yeah. I watched, um, I haven't watched the actual Raw yeah. 
but I watched the highlights. Yeah. Have you seen the riot? No. I won't say. I mean, I, I know that Solo has a thing with Riddle, and I like that Solo's basically been slowly but surely turned into the new Omega. Omega. Oh, you, when you watch yeah. it, you do you like Matt Riddle? Yeah, I could take a leave him if I'm asked. Oh, you'll enjoy it then. I mean, you will. Or Maga, or as William Eagle once called him on Raw, you manga. <laughs> let's just say Solo does a good tribute to mm. Omega. I think I heard about this. I heard about this. Mm. Yeah. But and he and he introduces a little bong hitting little dickhead to a chair too, <laughs> so it's great. So nine minutes and thirty one seconds this match with Meadow and uh Leaf Cassidy lasted. And about a minute and a half worth of it was what Meryl actually did anything. And then I mean, when she when she pushed that goddamn rope, I was like, "You, but so, you know, so, this bit confused the fuck of me. Maybe either this was a bit for the live crowd, or it was cut from the network version. Who knows? Well, do tell me. But then, so they show the replays, and as they come back from the last replay. You hear the familiar music of the Honky Tonk Man. I know. Hi, his long sideburns, hair slight back, coming to your town apparently. Buttons in my hair slide back. Man, 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 Oh, he's his cousin. Actual cousin or distant? I think I don't fucking know. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> hey man, that man was one of the greatest IC champs ever, and he was done wrong. I'm sh- I'm shocked his record actually hasn't been broken yet, and I'm I I genuinely Gunther could be the guy to do it. If anybody's going to do it, mm. Gunther could do it. Gunther Gunther doesn't when Gunther holds the belt, living in history. He doesn't lose it immediately. He held the NXT belt for almost as long as Roman's held the Universal belt now. And no one's mentioned that? Well, they, they mentioned it at the time, but yeah, they've mentioned it since. We should mention it to make his character more imposing. Yeah. It really annoyed me a couple of weeks back when we made, we made Gunther look like a cunt in front of Big Diddy Strowman. I think if he gets close enough to the record, then they'll mention it. Mm. And say, oh, he has a history of this kind of thing, and then they'll mention it. Yeah, they, yeah. They're, they're good now in WWE for mentioning... Past shit. Yeah, I must say, I, I that's another guy in the modern era I just don't take to very well. Strowman. Yeah. I just think he's a big diddy. So, Honky Tonk Man's on this whole thing of trying to find a protege, so I'm assuming he cut a promo for the live crowd, but we don't get to see any Honky Tonk because like, his music plays, cuts to the thing we played from uh, Raw. Then we go backstage for a set interview, and when it cuts back, the music of the next people coming out for the next we'll, match is we'll have, to, we'll have to, when I have an operational VCR, watch my tape to see yeah. how my tape is, because you know the tapes are true in the network. I know, but like, so then it comes back to the ring, and I'm like, oh, maybe Hungry Time Man's on commentary. Literally, it gets a few minutes into the match, so it's up next, and I'm like, what the fuck happened to the Honky Tonk Man? Did he just disappear? I'm sorry, I've got I've got the Honky Tonks Man theme stuck in my head now. Well, some of them make me figure out after this, Sid, after this, you'll make it, and then it cuts backstage, and Psycho Sid is there. Like, Nick, you get your time to fight for the title now. Time! Time ran out for you, Sam Michaels. Now you know. He starts yelling and he goes, but he, fin- he finished off properly. Because I'll prove that I am the master. Ruler of the world. Love said so much. He shouts and then he gets really serious and then, Master. Ruler of the world. Yeah. He's like Austin Powers. Mm. I have problem controlling the volume of my voice. 
Pretty sure I made that joke before, but yeah, you can have that. So I stole it from you. Bitch. Mm. <laughs> no, also has a good theme song. The Nation of Domination, because they're out next. Nation of Domination. Farouk is the man. <laughs> PG-13, man. It was weird, because the phrase bomb rush is to, like, basically a group of people jump one person at one time and rush them. Yeah. But they use the phrase, don't diss the man or we'll bomb rush your mother, like, that sounds like a threat of a different kind there. Yeah, that sounds a little questionable there, PG-13. But they're taking on the oddball team of yes. Flash Funk, who gets an overly long entrance with the Gold of the dust. Yeah, I, I, I will admit, watching this pay-per-view, I skipped the entrances. Apart from Gold Dust, I watched his because, you know, it's Gold Dust. He's cool it, as fuck. Bart Gunn is I also watched here. Bart. I just didn't watch Flash because I always thought Flash was a fud. But, like, but all three of them have instances where they were screwed by the nation. But they don't show Flash's one. That's because nobody cares. I thought I've, I looked I up would the one. I assume it was Savio. I think it was Savio. He was fighting Savio. He don't crush it coming around. So, so Savio, so Flash dove on the outside onto onto crush. Savio. Oh, no, oh, onto crush. crush. And he got back in, and Savio was very did very cheaply rolled him up for their win. Yeah. So, but they don't show that. They show the other two getting screwed. So they don't Sa- show Sa- Savio done him. Flash rang. Crush done Bart rang and Farouk done no, Gold no, Dust rang. No, no, Crush done Gold Dust rang because remember, remember oh, aye, aye, Crush aye. hit Gold with the heart aye, punch. Aye, heart punch. So, so yeah. Farouk done Bart rang. Oh, yeah. The fucking replay of the Dominator gives them all like... Well, that looked sore. Oh, like, oh, like, oh Jesus, you're going to kill him. That, do you think that was a case of Bart was a bit heavy for Farouk to lift or something? I mean, he's a deceptively big guy. I mean... With Bart? Aye. aye Bart's a big... Bart's a big fucking farmer looking motherfucker. I mean, I know Bill, him and Billy weren't as big as they would go on to be, but when you see them in smoke guns, you de- they're deceptively larger oh, men. Aye. I think it's just the other people they happen to be around, you didn't realise it. Billy Gunn knew mm-hmm. is about as big as Bart Gunn was then. Because Bart was a big horse, man. Is that a JR? Is that a term? A big horse? Aye, big yeah. horse. Big horse. Honestly, I know it was a bit of a cluster at times, but no, I genuinely think you should take this match. And the Merrill match, you should have swapped them round. Because this match got six minutes, that one got nine. You should have swapped the lengths round as well. So this match opens and gets nine minutes. And then the other match gets six minutes in, this, in second. And thankfully gets a few minutes shaved off of it. Because this was a bit of a cluster, but it was fun. Although most of my notes are about just stuff that happened, to the, happened from the nation or to the nation at the hands of either Bart or Flash. Goldust, as far as I can recall... Did fuck all in this. Yeah, yeah. Literally, I, to the point I'm like, Goldust, why the fuck are you here other than for your angle later on? Aye, Literally, there's something. no other reason for you to be here. Like, day something. Literally, there are so many undercard people on the roster at this point, they could have plucked up to get battered by the nation to put with Flash and Bark Gun at this point. Or, like, you know, you could have picked someone that wasn't Flash Funk. No, but I think there's, because st- there's still a lot of promise in Flash Funk at this too, point. Too Cold Scorpio? Too yes. Cold Scorpio? Too Cold Scorpio. Cool as fuck. Yeah. Love Too Cold Scorpio. Flash Funk, not so much. He was he was, he was, was kind of like in the same territory as fucking Funkasaurus, you know what I mean? Well, he's the original Funkasaurus, he's got the Funkettes. Aye, I know, He's I know. much more agile. I'd take Too Cold Scorpio as NWA champion than fucking the Funkasaurus nowadays. Aye, is Too Cold Scorpio still wrestling? Occasionally, yeah. Oh, he does. I think he had a match earlier this year or late 2021 against Jonathan Gresham. Mm. Yeah. There you go. That's a weird anomaly. That is a weird one. But oh, it's funny. PG 13 are the ones singing the song, but they're all coming to the crowd. So it feels like at points they can't keep up with the tune of the music that's being played. So it feels like 
CJ the teen like, this is our song, but we can't remember the lyrics to it. No, 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 no. Farouk is the man. <laughs> we are the new. Come and love an in color. <laughs> and then they start just ad libbing bits of it. Stand up by any means necessary. Respect the nation of domination. They all do the, they all do yeah. the thing. They all do the salute and everything. Salute. You got Clarence Bass in there. You got a couple of a couple of onion. generals. You got you got a young deal of burning amongst I all of them. I know, I know, Look at him. He's just a tippy face. Uh, <laughs> he looked. It was hair. He looked weird, but like a young version of the actor who played uh, Uncle Phil in his younger days. <laughs> you think, that's what I thought. <laughs> we we deal of Phil. Nah. <laughs> I just wanted him to throw something at the ring for them to go. Ah! The way when Uncle Phil used to I'd, throw chairs. I'd, I'd love to see Uncle Phil. He jigging into his dealer's music. Just walks everything. Oh, you're looking at the real Phil now. Ooh. Looking at the real deal now. <laughs> yes, this is basically just a way overall. It's an excuse to get the nation a big win. Yeah. On a pay per view. Well, I see that's a win. I, I noticed as well uh, the yeah. classic definition of a pay per view. Uh, well, this is the two matches so far, right? Uh-huh. It went face win, uh-huh. heel win. Mm-hmm. And you notice the pause when I said face win. Yeah. You didn't win that fucking match like a face, mm. prick. But that's that mainly due to that easy wee scaffy bit on the side near him, too. So. Anyway. Uh. So there's a bit of a brawl immediately. Fruit tries to well, wants to go a promo, but his mic's not working. So goes and went, ah, fuck, this and stuff. Yeah. Bad <laughs> there's a big brawl in the next day. Flash dies on all three members of the nation. Uh, there's a go bit between Goldust is a few bit in this match that's actually in the ring. He's a back and forth with uh, Farouk, which causes him just to basically do a thing where he just grabs him and goes, yeah. <laughs> plants his face. I'll call that a face buster, but that's quite generous. It's just like, there's my hand. You fall. You do the rest. You fall forward. See me hit you. You fall down. Yeah. This quote, I'm Ed Johnson, who's frankly not on the show. You going down? Anyway, <laughs> no, I'm Ed Johnson. If he was on the show, let me lift and throw you awkwardly, so I may paralyze you. There's a but thankfully didn't paralyze anybody. Was a hurricane man off the top rope to Savio by by uh, Flash Funk. Yeah, Flash Funk got a real a lot of time in this match. He. Oh, I think Vince was desperately, desperately trying to push him as Flash Funk at the time. Mm-hmm. No one cared. Oh, I liked Flash Funk. I don't mind him. I mean, as both either two Cold Scorpio or Flash Funk, I liked them. But then, unfortunately, a bit of double team work backfires because Bart goes to launch Flash out the out the ring on top of everybody again. But they grab him this time and they all start beating him up. On yeah. And then poor Flash gets isolated. Threw him to the wolves. There's a cool spot where, like, for the key thing where he just keeps he's standing over him, his legs are that side, he just keeps jumping around, putting his weight on the, his back, does it twice. Goes to, to, up in the air through a third time. Flash rolls around and his knees are up. So, but he freaks testicles hit right in the knees. <laughs> I think they think. Jer- good. Oh, my boys. <laughs> I think JR makes a joke about him sing- singing in a higher octave from now on, basically. <laughs> I think it was a classic joke of whenever someone got hit down there. But Savio doesn't. But, uh, but Flash doesn't have enough time to make the, kick, the cover. Or he doesn't have time to make the, kick, the tag. Yeah. So. Uh, one of the guy, the guy, I think it was Savage, gets tied in, and he and Chris do a spike pile driver on, on, on that Flash. Looked, that looked rough. really rough, but yeah. like you Came know, one of the you see it, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> you know. Flash mentions that double close, I mean, which gives him the 
Tagging. Who's he tagging? Who's the one who should obviously get the hot tag? Yes. You say Goldust. Clearly you're wrong. You don't know Vince McMahon. <laughs> it's Bart Gunn. Bart Gunn runs wild. Yeah. As wild as he could at that point. Hey, Bart was cool. Mm. And he he looked good too. It's the Model Bulldog and then uh, our life drop to Crush. But uh, no, he hits the Model World Bulldog onto Farouk. Yeah. And then at one point there's a big scuffle. Everyone's out behind the ref's back. Crush comes in, hits a leg drop. And then... What do you mean behind the ref's back? The ref was basically looking at it. Shh, gave him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Farouk gets rolled over and he pins Flash... No, no, Flash Bart. Yeah. I mean, you say behind the ref's back, but the ref was basically like, "You all right there, eh? mm. you know." Like for fuck's sake, you could have called that, you dumb motherfucker. Mm. <laughs> you know? Six minutes forty-three. This got that we will never get back. Most of it was probably the entrances, I assume. Yeah, but like, think how it'll be when we get to the main event. I like the main event. Oh yeah, but you're talking about entrances. Oh yeah, entrances. Yeah, good. God, mm. we had to watch The Undertakers, and we had to watch Bretts and all. Uh, after that, again, I maintain this you got maybe a couple more minutes to actually let them do something. Mm. So that's why I say swap them around with the uh, with the Mark Meadow match. So then we got backstage. We got Doc Hendricks interviewing Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah. He's like, how do you feel? You don't have you know a definitive victory over. Any of these guys like, I don't have a decisive victory. I don't have a decisive victory. Didn't you just see me throw three pieces of trash over the top rope? Mm -hmm. Didn't I win the Royal Rumble? Isn't that a decisive victory? Mm -hmm. Just because Gorilla Monsoon decides we got the playback rule. Well, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to win that match. And I'm going to become the goddamn heavyweight champion. Mm. That's all I got to say about that. that then Doc Henry's like, okay, okay. Well, oh, that's the fucking question, well, That's the question. You need to eat me, a cunt. You just have to bite my nose off. And then we have a match. Literally, again, one of the last people you'd think this would happen to. It cuts back. <laughs> it cuts back. Hunter Hearst Helmsley is already on the apron midway through his I entrance. I know. For fuck's sake, you just kind of hear his, you know, the, the pomp and circumstances. It's no pomp and circumstances. I think it, no, no. Ode to Joy. Ode to Joy. Pomp and circumstances, macho. Yes, yes. Yeah, but Ode, you, you just hear the Ode to Joy and you see him walking and going with that lovely coat. <laughs> I loved Triple H line. I really did. He had such beautiful hair. Anyway. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> anyway, stop myself fawning over him. But I wouldn't do that now. He looks angry and old now. Anyway. But anyhow. He's aged better than fucking Sean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Most people have aged better than Sean. Fucking Ramsey's the great. It was a mummy has aged better than Sean. What's your point to the? But no, like, like you're thinking to yourself, like Triple H mm-hmm. doesn't get a proper entrance. You yeah. know what I mean? And then we kind of get Rocky yeah. Maya Via's entrance, and yeah. no one really cares. It's like, yay! Come on, cheer for me, please. Yeah. Look, I've got the title and everything. Yeah, no one cares. Just means I'm the bestest, right? <laughs> no, that just means Vince wants people to like you. Right. And at that point, nobody liked him. Uh-huh. And to to point out my obvious thing, because you know I like heels. Mm-hmm. I've always liked heels. It's funny how the minute he decides to turn heel, people like him. Yeah. 
because no one wants to see one of Vince's little new gen prototype smiley smiley look at how nice and good I am types <laughs> because they're gay yes <laughs> very very gay but this matter, I think it's definitely a step up from what we've been getting so far and Waller comes in when he when Waller comes out with this shit when the whenever Rocky does something, he's mentioning wherever they show the replay of what happened on Raw, like yeah, oh, he yeah. quite when he went with Swap like, he was quite clearly grabbing the tights of Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Like, oh well I nearly did a gorilla. Oh will you stop? Right, but he chooses any time that uh, that Hunter cheats. There's a point where like Hunter creates and then he slaps in the back of the heat. Uh, and then and then Rocky does it back to him. He's like, Oh, there's no need for that. You know? like, well, I think turnabout's fair play, kid. And then there's a exchange where uh, he, Hunter slaps in the corner, but the rock just smacks him, and he's like, uh, Hunter does his typical heel like begging. I'm like, no, no, please. <laughs> he's like, I love that whenever he used to do that. The day when he fought his ass, he's like, I, I, I didn't mean to do it. It reminds me of when Mr. Burns was was best to buy an ant. Like, oh, take my word to leave me alone. <laughs> Then they have a nice basically crisscross sequence which then leads to the Travolta in the other hand because I know I know he's Hunter Selsley, but the Hunter Selsley, three H's stand for Hunter Selsley, so I'm calling him Triple H. And he just launches Rocky out into the outside. And then that leads to leads him to get the upper hand. He hits a drop kick into the guardrail and then gives him a big slam out here. I think there's also a point where there's a classic head on the apron and then just a big like elbow to like the throat area. Yeah. So basically Hunter, as he usually would be at this point, is in control. And it's on the nice side, but also he's cheating and showing he's a heel because he locks a chokehold in and then he gets his feet on the ropes and then the referee catches him or he just had to kick his feet off mm. the ropes. Uh, and after he's been a bit, there's a point where Rocky tries to surprise me again with a small package and Jerry Jer- Jer- Law is nearly having a bloody heart attack. Like, <laughs> no, no, oh, no, no, and it's only a two. <laughs> well, think of it this way at least at this point, he wasn't screaming puppies every fucking two seconds. Yeah. And then Last he. Head. He's trying to hit punches in the corner, is Rocky typical that but then I like the counter Triple H then drops them like throat first across the top. Yeah, that was cool as fuck. That cool. And then tries to roll him up there again using the ropes for loud, but this time the rift doesn't get and the rock just Rocky just kicks out. At one point Rock JR just calls just calls Rocky the Rock at one point. Yeah. I thought that was pretty weird. It's it's weird when you like see when you're watching back an older pay per view like that or anything and like he said that thing he's going to become. Hey, and you're ah, like, ah, he said it. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> See, I kind of got that when I was watching it. I was like, this is the Rock and Triple H fighting. They don't yeah. even know they're the Rock and Triple H yet. This is cool. <laughs> uh, Rocky tries to fight a comeback, but he gets, gets poked in the eye and doesn't. He does that, const- that classic Triple H move, the knee to the face. Yeah. Uh, and. Then at this point, as Triple H has everything in control, out comes Goldust. Yeah. He attracts Triple H long enough for Rocky to hit him with a bridging German suplex. One, two, three, Rocky retains. With a bridging German suplex. Yes, 12 minutes 30. I mean, he didn't have the most exciting... At one point, he's going like, uh, uh, like this. Yeah. Single. I'm going to hit him with a shoulder breaker. Because everyone loves a shoulder breaker. Oh, yeah, totally. That's yeah. the best move you could do, Rocky. Mm. That oh. or a flying crossbody, which he also do at one point, which you yeah. try to get a win with. He did that to the Sultan. Yes, yes, he did. That's that's one of the ways he retained his coveted IC title. I mean, some people don't like the Rob Bottom or like they think they also <laughs> the people's elbow. Like, oh, that's stupid. The people's elbow, the way you set up and then it just a standing elbow, like yeah. But it's still, 
It's still way better than the shit he was using beforehand to win and matches. More to the point, that goes back to my whole thing, right? You know how I said, like, Mero's moves like yeah. were, like, pathetic and kind of dull? No matter if you didn't like The Rock's move or didn't think it was a good move, he made you feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the difference. Mm-hmm. Whenever The Rock did something, whether it was massive or insignificant, mm-hmm. he made you feel it. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes when you were watching... Like, The Rock wasn't always my favourite guy, right? But my God, I respected the guy because any time he did something, and if he was wrestling against someone back in the day that like, I liked a little bit less than him... Mm-hmm. I would I would watch him do his moves like his people's elbow or like the corporate elbow or whatever it was at the time. But anytime he did something, you got so invested in a rock match at times you were watching him hit his move and you were going, Oh yeah, you fucking hit him, man. Mm-hmm. You know? Whereas when you were watching a Merrill match, you were like, Oh look, <laughs> he did a move. Very shittily. Wow. Yeah. Wild thing. But so <laughs> Rocky just said, like, oh, hey, I've won. doesn't get a chance to like, no, like, Rock, we need you to fuck off now. We've got an angle coming up here. We need you to fuck off. <laughs> and so Rock disappears, slapping hands with a few people. And then for what he stays in the ring, and he's going to the outside, he's circling the ring, like, come on, come in and fight me. And Melina comes there and she's hanging around the outside. And then, obviously, nobody remembers the match, but they remember this moment. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, it suddenly cuts back and it's already in progress. China has suddenly appeared, making her WF debut. And. Huckling Marlena and shuggling her a bit like yeah. a wee dolly. Yes. She very much ragdolls oh, that woman. Did. Like, whenever JR talked about ragdolling, mm-hmm. that was ragdolling. Like, and I'll t- I'm sorry, Karen, but that verse in the China, mm-hmm. that was my verse in the China. I do feel like they, they started off a run thing that would become calling with China going forward. Like, that, that woman, I, I think it's a woman. Uh, no, I know, I used to hate that mm. in the WWF. Like, oh, what, just because she's no some wee skinny skank where I'll sing it? Oh, I think it's a woman. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, have a bit of respect. Some woman can be built and Aye. some woman could kick the living piss out of you. So she, they don't give her a name, also, at this point. It's still very early on. They're like, they, see, they, they play as if a fan has just attacked Marlene. Like, uh, oh, you know, we, we do care if you want to get involved in the show, but please, please, not like that. And then, like, they kick her, like, I hope that woman is kicked out. I hope that woman is prosecuted to the fullest extent. <laughs> Like, she's dragged away by security and everything. Triple H and Goldust never get actually physically involved, but... Uh, <laughs> dragged away by security, but at that point, I very much doubt the security... If she was legitimately ready to kick fuck out of them, uh, yeah, I doubt they could have done much about it. Uh, it was she, weird. Was so, she was so biggling, I know, her arm's fucking huge. It nearly dwarfed the size of fucking Marlene's head. That's what I mean. She, like, when Vince fucked about with well, she lost muscle mass and everything. She was so. Apparently, part of the many surgeries that she had, she actually had her jaw re- reshaped uh, yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. to look more feminine or whatever. I don't know why. I like. I, I don't get why she did that to herself. I thought she looked so cool. I think it just goes back to kind of pressures women who are in like the spotlight or on TV and any mm. form of entertainment have like basically you need to look a certain way. I find. I personally find that, and it's just a personal thing yeah. for me, right? I personally find that quite disgusting. Mm. And I know that is a strong word to use. Yeah. But I really feel that way because, I mean, and it might be, like, my own personal leanings or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? But I, I tend to think respect, right? Now, I'm not saying every woman wrestler sure. who has a slight build and yeah. wears a, mm-hmm. a revealing costume. Yeah. I am not in any way saying 
look, all those women can go. Yeah. Because some of those women can kick ass, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got like, you've got like Tasha Steeles. Yeah. She's a slight woman, she can kick ass, she's cool as fuck. You've got Alexa, you've got mm-hmm. Asuka, you've got fucking Becky Lynch. Yeah. You know, but personally for me, whenever I've seen a, a woman wrestler come in and she's, the, you know, big chick and yeah. she could, like, you look at her and you go, Oh no, she could kick anybody's ass. She's not just fighting women. She could fucking break a guy's skull too. Mm-hmm. When I see a chick like that in wrestling, I'm like, that's I even I don't even say jig. I'm like, that's my guy. Yeah, you know what I mean, that, that is my person. She can kick ass. Mm-hmm. You know that is why in the modern era, I'm so up on Rhea. Yeah, because Rhea's fucking cool, man. Rhea's like the coolest fucking thing in wrestling at the moment. And like Boss Savannah Evans. And like, I remember talking about it like before in SmackDown, I think it was or I don't know what show it was, maybe it was when we were talking about Safari series, but like isn't it ironic that Jaina, one of the runs other than with DX or other things she's most known for in wrestling is like she was associated with Eddie Guerrero and Dominic right. had a storyline where in Kayfabe he is Eddie's son and basically the closest thing to China and WWE is Rhea Ripley. And who's Dom associated with? Rhea Ripley. And a sort of relationship where she's dominant over him, which I think was the goal for the China Eddie dynamic initially when they started it. I wonder. I wonder. And this is this is just fantasy booking, if you will. Sure. I wonder, do you believe in the modern era of the WWE? Do you believe there is any chance for another woman mm. to win one of the main roster belts? I think I think so. I think there's a chance. I, I think in the modern era, right, we don't have the influence of Vince McMahon or Pervy McGee or, sorry, Jerry Waller, you know. But you don't have the influence of these, quite frankly, and I, I hate to sound all this way, you know, but quite frankly, these misogynistic mofos. I know, I mean, that's probably the best way to describe it, because... You know, these misogynistic motherfuckers that just go, oh, look at you, you're just a dainty wee thing, just you... Mm. Just you skimp about in your drawers and that's yeah. alright, it doesn't matter, we'll give you this wee belt with a butterfly on it. Right. No, fuck that crap. I'm... Any any goddamn women wrestler in any company, if we are portrayed right Aye. and pushed right, regardless, and I'd say this now, regardless of goddamn size, I mean I favour the muscular big chicks, right? But regardless of goddamn size, any goddamn woman in the company could be portrayed right. I mean look at fucking, fucking... Tessa Blanchard, mm-hmm. she was a slight kind of chick, you know? Yeah, yeah. And what did Impact do? Yeah. Much to their discredit in the long run, but yeah. it put the main fucking company yeah. title on that woman. Well, yeah, I think... I think there's a chance they could do it. I mean, I know Triple H just said why they don't do it so often in the past, because it's all it's all little things to do with, like, casual people looking at it and seeing the idea of men, women fighting... I can't remember the full extent, but it did feel like he was towing some kind of line, which he has to do when he's in such a high position. But I do think he is open to the idea. Like he himself did have a very generous when he had that segment with Ronda during that mixed tag match when Ronda made her debut in 2018. Where mm. I think there's even a segment leading up to where he got put through a table by Ronda. So I think he'd be open to when women fighting. So I, I do think there's a. Would it be one of the men's world titles? I don't think so. One of the, the US or IC belt, could I see a woman winning it yeah. at some point in the next five or so years? I could see that. Hell, if, if NXT was still like what Triple H was running it as at one point, I could have imagined like back in the day when Shane or Rhea were running Women's Division <laughs> NXT, 
If one of them wants to defeat for one of the men's belts in NXT, the fans of NXT would immediately buy into it. I like, like I say, the way it is nowadays, right? And the way the world is nowadays. <laughs> for the most part, I agree with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Doesn't matter if it's a woman, guy, whatever. You know, treat people with proper respect and yeah. have the respect for those people in their profession. And if you want, if you want to have that kind of, if you want to practice what you preach, as it were, yeah, then have the respect to let women fight with guys. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Because obviously, professional wrestling, right? Yes, people can be hurt, and it's a growing profession. Uh -huh. But it is a scripted sport. Uh -huh. And if you're a good enough promoter, you can make that work. Uh -huh. Any any woman could fight any guy if you yeah. want to put it right. If you've got a slight woman, give her a, make her a heel and give her a big ass manager that could help her win things. Because like there are aspects of, like when they were really promoting getting buying women again, like starting twenty fifteen onwards, like the women's revolution and, and all that. Yeah, the four horse women and yeah. blah blah blah. But like as much as there's been great strains in women's wrestling since then, like twice we've had women main event WrestleMania. Mm. And uh, we've had main event shows and everything, and great uh, women's matches on the main yeah. roster. And like we've gotten rid of that butterfly belt you mentioned, but like especially in the first couple of years, there was a, there was a lot of hypocritical stuff around it. Because I often like, like I felt the same way about that as the same way I, I felt about people who gave praise to Disney and when the first Frozen came out. I never did because like like when Frozen came out, you don't even. We mean I never did like. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I said I have criticisms of the people who say this. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what I'm going to say yet. Basically, I heard a thing people were talking about this about Frozen, like, because the princess in Frozen didn't immediately marry a princess she met in the film, which is what a lot of princesses did in films. Like, yeah. they were getting praised, like, oh, you don't need to marry a man, just met, like... And I felt the same way about like, the portraying women as equal when they were trying to do that the first couple of years before they got the hang of it, and they agree what they're doing nowadays in WWE. Mm. As, and that... Why are we giving... Careful how much praise you give to someone who's fighting against a stereotype or misconception they themselves are the main perpetrators of. The misconception. Yes, because like, oh, the stereotype of princess immediately marries the prince when she, even though she just met them. Yes, Disney, well done for you for fighting against that stereotype that you yourselves are the main perpetrators per of. Yes, you've been doing it since the fucking 30s and 40s. And yay, WWE, thank, well done for fighting against stereotypes of women wrestlers that you yourselves through divas and brand panties matches are the main people who started that shit in the first place. Divas and brand panties matches and, and not giving women enough time on not shows. giving women enough time on shows and you know I I think the high point of taking the piss I and I this is just a personal opinion right I know a lot of a lot of women wrestlers still have a lot of praise for the divas title there's a good few that still doing like you know we kind of thought well. It might not be your mug of fish, but we ran away. We made yeah. it as best as we could. Like, kind of like the way before she got cunted out, Dana Brooke was hoping to do the twenty four seven thing. Yeah, and I felt kind of bad for Dana Brooke or Dana Brooke, however yeah. you pronounce her name properly. But I went and read a wee article she was saying about maybe changing the twenty four seven title into a women's mid card belt. Yeah, why? Why just discard it? Why no do that? I like that. Idea. If you if you have respect for your for your roster, full roster, yeah, then show respect for your full roster and have a women's mid card belt. I think just you need to just do a thing where like you've you've been doing it with the men's men tags and main belt where they're going between shows. A women's tag can already do that. That's why I say I've been saying for ages. I've been thinking like 
you don't need two women's belts for one. Imagine if you have one women's main belt, you can go between two and take one of those belts, replace it with a mid-card belt, and then you've you've got three different belts, three different places for stories yeah. for championships. Or, or another way, you could have you could have a woman superstar portrayed mm. the way Roman is. Mm. You know, like say you have Rhea or Bianca, uh-huh. right? Just to say your point, but if you have those two, because she's a big chick, mm-hmm. Rhea's a better big chick. Mm. Personal opinion, but she's a big, like hard hitting chick, Bianca. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fucking Rhea's a big hard hitting chick. Why not unify the belts? Do what you've done to Roman. I know. Pick yourself pick your fucking woman you want to run with that <laughs> shit, whether it be Bianca, <laughs> Rhea, <laughs> Bailey, Charlotte. There's a fucking plethora of women they could run with that. I think like the the plan from what I heard is like allegedly as Bianca Rhea WrestleMania for the whirlwinds belt. Mm. And this there's a run that this is just a rumor, but fans have wanted. I don't know if WWE have any plans of it, but I'd like to see them do it. A lot of people would like to see for the SmackDown belt Shayna versus Ronda. I think if you did either of those matches at WrestleMania and then later down maybe say SummerSlam, you want to unify them. Any combination of those four with one in the holding the Raw belt and one in the SmackDown belt, like yeah. Rhea versus Ronda, Rhea versus Shayna, Bianca versus Shayna, which they did in NXT, which is one of Bianca's first big, big opportunities matches, yeah. at the time. Yeah. Which Sam Roberts got shit for for saying in the pre-show of that show. She's I don't know. She's ready for this. And then a year later, when she was a bigger deal, she's like, and he, he was on there again defending. So like I said, she wasn't a big deal yet. She's a big deal now. Which and, it's, and when hindsight, he was right. Yeah. But like Bianca versus Ron, the two women who didn't come from wrestling backgrounds. Yeah, like fighting for the two women backgrounds. Yeah. Well, like you have that. Like say for example, hypothetically speaking, say right. Yeah. Say for example, we came to a scenario. Where it did happen, where they were going to do the thing I suggested there and unify those belts like they've done mm-hmm. with Roman, right? Say you had Shayna having one, Ronda having one, mm-hmm. Iron Woman Steel Cage, oh. or Iron Woman Hell in a Cell between Ronda and Shayna. Oh, that's not funny. Or if you want to do something cage like with these two, given their background, fight pit, Ronda, Shayna. <laughs> Triple threat fight, but oh. Ronda, Shayna, Rhea. Ooh, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, China well, debuted. Well, that's money, man. And that's how good China was. We I talked about China. China debuted. No, but well, that's how fucking good China was. Mm-hmm. And still is, in my opinion. Like you got to respect that woman because we we're talking about China making her debut, which lasted what minutes, seconds, seconds, right? And it took us off on a tangent about how women wrestlers need proper respect and how a triple threat between Ronda, fucking Shayna and Rhea would be bitching. <laughs> I, think it, it just, I think it's just going to show the impact she still has today. Yeah. I mean, you want, you want to take that up one more fucking notch? Yeah. Fatal four-way fight pit. <laughs> hell in a cell. You're just stacking shit on top of shit, aren't no, you? I'm not going for it, right? You're, you're proper Vince Rustoweck shit. Gimmicks on top of gimmicks on top of gimmicks. Well, I'm just saying these four women, if you if you want a fucking, mm-hmm. to use a classic quotation, mm-hmm. a barn burner. Mm. Bianca Belair. Uh-huh. Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler. Uh-huh. Ronda Rousey. Uh-huh. And a big fuck off violent scrimmage oh. for both belts. Oh, don't correct me with a good time. There you go. As, as long as Bianca doesn't use that bloody braid, 
for when I'll be fine. No, I'd like to see, like, properly take advantage of the two-night thing for WrestleMania. And I know we'll get back to this in a minute. Aye, we'll, be, we'll get there. Because, like, so, I know the whole thing about two-night WrestleMania, which seems to be the done thing going forward, and I'm happy with that. Because it gets more people time for the main event. But I, I've said before, there's a genuine storyline you can use to give, justify Roman main event in both nights. Yeah. This year, one night for the WWE belt, one night for the Universal. Maybe you'll lose one of them. Probably the WWE one. Well, I I did see a little a little image of what they suggested might be the case. Yeah. One night he fights Cody, one night he fights The Rock. I think the idea is Cody would probably be, take the WWE belt because his whole one of his first proper promos was my dad technically won the belt, but then the vision was reversed. So I want to win the WWE title for my father. Aye. but like I I don't agree with the idea. Uh, if it does come to Roman and The Rock. Mm-hmm. I hope that Roman would win that match yeah. because I I just don't like the idea of someone who's and I'm not I'm not negatively speaking on the Rock. Sure, I'm just saying I don't like the idea of someone who is below a part timer. Yeah, coming in and I mean I don't even like the rumor that he might win the Rumble. I think that's kind of sketchy. I've seen people talk about. It. I saw one the best <laughs> example I heard is that's probably what I feel as well. I never. There's nothing that can make me so angry, but also so happy at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it'd be awesome to see a Rock in a main yeah. event and all, and winning a Rumble. But mm. you know what? He's not even a part timer. He's worse. He's a worse Mister Hollywood than Cena is. I like the Rock in Hollywood. Oh no, I love his. It, make, it makes. It makes. Shitter, I'm just saying, make shit movies more I'm watchable. just saying, he is a fucking movie actor now. That is his bread and butter. He is a movie actor. So. You know, stick to what you know. But, stick to your movies. You're not a wrestler anymore. But my point is about the two nights was it was an idea. New Japan did two nights of their Wrestle Kingdom show, right? And the first thing they did it, they did this thing where they had their Intercontinental belt and their World belt. And what they did is they had the IC champ defending a match, World champ defending a match. Whoever walked out with either belt that on the first night met, and the second night winner took took both belts. It was called the Double Gold Dash. That's something I'd love for Mania. Like That'd be pretty cool. night one with me, a Ronda Vichy SmackDown belt. We uh Bianca Robbins belt. Whoever wins either of those matches meets night two. Winner take all. That would be pretty fucking. But cool. then again, you couldn't also. It'd be weird to do that on the same nights you have Buddy Roman doing both nights because either night you'd want women to me event one of them, but you couldn't do it because there's, there's just too many big matches. On there the, is that. See, that is the thing, right? I know I'm fancy booking. It's not going to happen. That but is It'd th- be great if it did happen. That is the thing, though. It is making. Quite frankly, that is the thing that's making the WWE right now so watchable. Mm. Because, like, so much is happening, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I even, I didn't even, I've not watched this week's Raw yet. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I'm, I'm going to do that this evening, that'll be my fun. <laughs> you know? But I watched the YouTube highlights yeah. of it, and I've seen an interesting little thing, and it, it harks into Bray, Bray Wyatt's, you know, Wyatt Six. Mm-hmm. When, uh, oh, who's, who's Gargano's missus? Uh, Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae, right. When Candice was getting interviewed, mm-hmm. Nikki Cross mm-hmm. was way in the back peeking. Mm-hmm. Peeking at her behind a, behind a stack. She's, she's peeping like Mickey Flanagan. <laughs> Aye, but the thing is, right, <laughs> is... That that leads to even like more questions. Like, is Nikki is Nikki Cross peaking because she's just a wee mental? Mm. Is Nikki Cross peaking because she's looking for EY? Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You know, boy, he got stabbed. 
on impact. Oh no! Fuck me, man. That was vicious. I saw a video on that as well. Did they, you see that? I saw the video on, talking some, of somebody talking about it, and they're like, "What is Impact's obsession when someone has to leave of killing them off?" Like literally, Mickey James at one point got pushed in front of a train. Ali before she went to AEW literally got killed off in the whatever the other realm that they decayed to. Literally, Taya Valkyrie when she left got arrested for attempted murder. But now she's back. It's cool. But she's good back now. Nobody cares about that. Yeah, you try to kill a man. Nah, but I really liked that. See that cinematic se- sequence between him and Dino? Uh-huh. Oh, I fucking loved that. Uh-huh. Because, you know, Dino's got... I tell you, Dino's about to get his fucking due. Mm. He's about to get his due, man. Because, as I was saying to Brian the other week, well, he went for being in a reasonably popular tag team with Dino's. You know? I like the Dino's. I like the Dino's thing. Like, they took our bear. <laughs> bear. But anyhow, I know I was good at that though. But, <laughs> but no, he goes from being the Dino's to becoming an EY disciple to, you know, the student becomes the master mm. and the ruler. But no, like that whole bit, like see the end of that sequence mm-hmm. when he's like throttling EY mm-hmm. and he's got the knife and he's like, EY's like, kill the sickness, kill it, kill it. Like even EY's saying, like, he's like, I'm the sickness, kill it. I was the teacher, now you are. So, it's almost fight club level shit, this thing. Oh, no, but he was like, 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 I was the designer, mm. you are the design. Mm. Like, if you ask me, Impact have played the long game in that story. Oh, Chef's kiss. Yeah, yeah, just... And Dino's looking sinister now. So, and with fucking Alan Angels and Big Con. <laughs> oh, so, it's going to be good. So, long story short, China made her debut. <laughs> <laughs> See, we told you we'd be back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, China... And then what's weird is, what do you, you pass that little box over there? Books. Yes. These books. There. Anyway, box. Thank you. What's, what's funny is that Terry like looked behind her. She's holding her throat. And literally, as soon as they show the replay and her getting through it and goes over, she suddenly dramatically falls like, "Oh dear, I cannot breathe. I have fallen. I have fallen. Oh, the indignity. <laughs> Finished. Aye. Nothing wrong with it. Is it? Is a bitch. <laughs> but, and then they have the angle the next night on Raw where after Goldust has a match Triple H runs down and we try to beat him up for costing the match on uh, in your house and then China comes back again again ragdoll and Marlena doesn't get properly kicked out the time I don't think but what's noticeable is when she does it the second time on Raw <coughs> she gets cheered yeah, I know I think by the time Mercy comes around she's got a name but uh, they don't call her, give her a name at this point. No, she's just woman. 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 Stop ragdolling that wee bit. I mean, I know everybody thinks it's funny, but stop it. Anyway, then we have a Vader promo. The Paul Bearer, like, my Vader has already destroyed Brett the Hitman. You mean heart. Paul Bearer has a promo and Vader stands there going, but it's Vader time. Vader. My Vader's already destroyed Stone Cold, and my Vader's already destroyed The Undertaker. And tonight, you prove what time is it? It's Vader 
Do you know the thing? I can do the thing. Do you, th do you think Spock thought it was Vader time? I can do it on one hand, I can't do it on the other. Literally, the other hand, the fingers literally just won't separate. Yeah, yeah. I I used to find it hard. You have to work on it. Oh, I, I can't so be you can be childish and go like that, look. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can, I can do that in a different way. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this? How do you talk? How do you talk about sexual diversity? <laughs> Childish. Childish and wrong. It's a trifecta, Paul. The third time. What? Someone is in the ring. Already in the ring. But he dug furnace and filled the fallen. Oh, God. Damn it. Um. <coughs> they were very good at the Survivor <coughs> as Paul coughed his lungs up. Fucking Furnace and Lafon. They come in. They had a really good performance they in the Survivor Series. awesome. And they looked awesome in this match too. Honestly, other than the main event, this is the only other thing worth watching. Yeah, yeah. But, and mostly, and I hate to say it, mostly because of Furnace, Lafon and Owen. Mmm. I'm sorry to say that, but yeah, Furnace, Lafon and Owen, three of the four in that match were worth watching. I found it weird that Clarence Mason's still coming out with Owen and Builder when he's also aligned with the Nation of Domination. Aye, but remember the storyline, like he yeah. went and convinced uh, Cornette in his <laughs> moment of of woe and going, yeah. ah, to sign a contract. Yes, well, you're saying it's still a little weird, but eh. what, Wasn't he an actual lawyer as well? I don't know. I'm pretty sure yeah, he had some law experience. I'm pretty maybe. sure he was in the same position as William uh, William Moody was. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, <coughs> I'm good now. I believe. So you were saying, but no, I believe he was in the same position. It's William Moody, right? Paul Bearer's yes, name. Yes, yes. But you know, how he was Paul Bearer, and he yeah. actually worked in mm -hmm. a funeral business, family business. I believe Clarence Mason had some kind of law. Yeah. Leanings as well as you know portraying a lawyer in WWF. Hmm. So they, they show the replay like talking about all the issues between them and the. Uh, I love watching the clip where he throws him at when he throws him at the Royal Rumble. But he like insult Bulldog. You bloody idiot! You put me out! You put me out! You put me bloody out. idiot! Too fucked to be in this Rumble, but you put me out. Owen, what the fuck are you doing, bastard? You. Bastard! You complete set of bastards, you! <laughs> Buddy, Owen, man, stop fanny about with that fucking Slammy Award! <laughs> yeah. Me and Kez, me and you bastard, come to Craig David! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, also love the match. Hey, Craig, you wanna see my jolly green motherfucking giant? No, I do not want to see a jolly green motherfucking giant. Me and our kids are about to watch a porno in here. Hello. Anyway, we a bit, got a ball selector for you when Lee Francis was still funny. There's a bit, we're all doing the foot, and then I like the one who gets underneath him, like, hey, it's all about me. Look at me, my Slammy Award. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. He's like, also promote. Hey, so, why you did that, too? Like, I mean, Bulldog's coming out looking all Bulldoggy and Jack, then Owen, like a wee elf. Under his arm, he's like, At this point, Huzzah, I oh, have my slammies. Also, like, they're promoting a couple weeks time. Oh, the slammy awards <laughs> are coming up. It was actually the night before WrestleMania, where Owen was meant to present Bow Tie of the Year. I don't know why that's going to be, but he got up and goes, Yes, I did. I did it again. I did it all by myself. I'm a winner. Like, no, no, Toby, he's like, No, you're presenting. You're presenting this award. I did it again. I did it all by myself. 
Bulldog, you may have two tiles, but you don't have two slammies. <laughs> Owen Hart, uh, uh, Vader and Mankind, tomorrow night, you're going to be losers. <laughs> you're losers, and we're winners. I'm a winner, me and my slammies. <laughs> I may have watched that clip a few times. Well, come on. Aye. It was Owen. It was Owen. And he was awesome. Props to Owen. Respect. R.I.P. Owen. <laughs> he... In that era, yeah. to quote and and to be a little oozy here, <laughs> Owen, he the one, mm. he, he the he the true heart, mm. he the Owen, he the one. Uh, there's even a point where he goes to lock in the sharpshooter, and Joe you know, Lawrence he kept doing this point ever since Owen turned heel. Oh, here he comes! Here's that move, that movie top Brett. <laughs> are you are you are you a master oozologist? <laughs> Uh. Anyway, uh, it starts off with uh, Doug Furness and Owen Hart doing arm drives there's a cool monkey flip spot where one of the monkey flip he's on top like ah! and then <laughs> Doug grabs his legs and pins him he's <coughs> into a big roll up sequence is the fawn the long haired one or the short haired one uh, Phil Phil uh, starts with uh, Phil comes in it starts with Doug doing the arm drive then Phil comes in Doug uh, Doug Furness Phil Doug Furness is the one with the long hair Phil yeah. Lafon is the shorter hair yeah, yeah, yeah. Doug, Doug Furness is the one I think is actually French Canadian and Furness uh, is American yeah which is why when he was on Team Canada you're like oh but he also had fucking Anvil and Bulldog and Team Canada so he had a four man team called Team Canada with one Canadian yeah where is Nevada is where Nightheart's from isn't it I Real think Nevada so. something like that Fucking, <laughs> you also had buddy in the Heart Foundation, buddy, buddy Brian Pillman. Aye, from the most Canadian place on earth, Cincinnati, Ohio. Ah, totally, totally. Same place, buddy John Moxley's from. But uh, is it? Yes. Ah, oh, that's cool. Hmm. Do you know that fucker's a year younger than me? I did not know that. He just turned thirty-seven. And good for him. Prick. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it everyone has to be younger than me? Why can't mm. I ever be younger than anyone? Not yeah. I'm younger than Brian. Haha. Anyway. So there's the monkey flip thing I said. Uh, he gets a leg lock on one does uh, fill the fawn and one then grabs the rules and then quickly tags out. <coughs> and then Bulldog has a little bit, but then Bull, uh, Owen kicks Phil in the back of the in the back while he goes to the ropes in and then the back. Yes. Yeah, so that leads to Phil Lafon getting basically isolated for the next little bit by the heels. And also about how they're not getting along, there was a thing when they had a match against Doug Furness and Phil Lafon, which probably led to this, which is the most built any fucking underguard match he's got. <laughs> it was at the end of that Sky Dome roll where like, Owen got launched to the outside and feeling like, oh, my knee, my knee, and tried to walk away like, oh, I can't continue my knee here. I don't, and Bulldog tried to tell Did he have Winston? And Bulldog's like, Owen, get back in the bloody ring. <laughs> and they basically they lose by counter. Like, yay, we're still champions. It doesn't matter. Like, no, we should win matches properly. You bastard. Come here, Owen. Come here, you bastard. Come to British Bulldog. <laughs> so we stop with the Craig David shine. <laughs> Go on. Go on. We'll have a proper cup of tea. Cup of tea. Cup of tea. You'll feel fine. Go on. Aye. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know why. Every time I do a bulldog, he's he's from Manchester, every, but every, I make him sound like he's from Yorkshire. Aye, every time you do a bulldog, he's Craig David. No, you make him sound like Craig David. I make him sound like a buddy Yorkshireman. 
But again, he had a deep voice for someone from Manchester. Like, buddy Owen, bastard. Owen, you bastard, get in the ring. Anyway, bastard. And then I talk about that knee injury, which Owen comes in close to like, oh, that's so called knee injury. What are you talking <laughs> about? Owen Hart is being very brave fighting here with that knee injury. I'm a brave man. <laughs> I'm a brave, brave man. So. Fellow phone gets isolated and they keep doing that thing where they like they go over to the face, the face goes to come in, and they're like, No, you can't come in here, you're not legal. So that leads to the heel to two on one beat down the, the other face. Uh, you notice how referees never did that to the heels. Because referees are fucking idiots. Yeah, I mean that referee, you know watching with chicanery going on in that six man match. Ah, uh, referees, what are they like? Not throwing that thing that followed Mark Merrill back to the backstage area so it much would be fair anyway oh I, I get annoyed it's a cool roll through spot like they did the crossfire and then they put yeah. all through and does the pen that's a cool little spot. I, I thought honestly like, the, the chemistry between these two teams oh it was sensational it was really great which is also why it's so perplexing they had this thing where Keane did <laughs> these two teams at the Survivor Series in 96 mm. and the very next month at the next in your house oh do Phil LaFond and that they, they won against the Tag Team Giant Survivor Series match do they get a tag tail shot no who does fake Razor and fake Diesel no what the fuck and do you know what the weirdest fucking thing about is about because I have that tape right mm. where fake Razor and Diesel have the title match mm. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest thing about the tape I don't know if it's the same on the network, but when it's shown you footage uh-huh. from earlier in the day, uh-huh. fake Diesel, his hair is about this length. But, but, but the chest area. Yeah, yeah but, but, but the length of my hair pretty yeah. much, maybe even a little longer. When it comes to time of show, his hair is about this length. Did he, did, he, did he do the show earlier in the day and then go to the barber? You need something to fill your days. Go for a pint or something. Or, you know, Paul, I have a sneaking suspicion. Maybe wasn't really the same day. <gasps> they lied oh, to us. They told nasty fibs. Honestly, this is the first point, I think, in their heel tag team title reign that Owen, Owen and Bill actually feel like heels against a proper face team. Because they didn't give it a, They had two matches on pay-per-view against the Smoking Guns where they were kind of booked the match around them being, one of them being isolated, so they were faces there. And they had a similar thing against against Razor and Diesel I've said it before and I'll say it again Odin Bulldog the most face heel tag champs yeah, totally. I've ever seen so this is the first time they could properly be heels on pay-per-view against another yeah. tag team well it was hard I know I know Vince wanted to make Odin a heel all the time but you know what the people loved him I think this was building like onto a proper breakup which will <laughs> come after Wrestlemania I think but like because then yeah. after this you'll have the match for the first ever European champion which, which Bulldog wins over yeah, on. yeah didn't they have two matches? They would go have a second match, but then Brett would break that up and say, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. please come, we your family, and then that would lead to the Heart Foundation being formed. Wait, what you doing? He's your, he's your pal, man. What you doing? May as well come in and said, what? May well come in and saying, why can't we be friends? Nice. <laughs> anyway, so I like this little spot here where... Da- uh, Davey, leave him, he shut that off. Phil goes for the Phil LaFond goes for the small package. Bulldog comes around the rest back. The thing where he turns Owen over, so he holds on top. And so the referee sees Bulldog with the kick him out. Doug Furness comes in and sorts it back again. <laughs> yeah. And so Owen doesn't can't see who's moving them. So he kicks out and then goes on to Bulldog. Assuming Bulldog like, why the hell did you move? Did you move me? Like, why'd you put him on top? Like, yeah. I didn't fucking do it. <laughs> And they're arguing, and then there's a bit where Owen accidentally spin kicks uh, yeah, Davey Boy. Yeah. 
Other than then Doug finally gets a tag, the tag in, he gets a sunset flip at one point between uh, and then I went to the point literally made me go, even though I knew the result of this match, yeah. made me think, oh fuck, fucking hell what's happening here? Where uh, they're they're arguing and then Bill goes, Oh fuck this and hits a clothesline on Owen. Mm. Like, what Davey, what are you doing, man? And then Doug I think it was Doug dies off the top for a splash and then Bill looks like, I hate him. I also want to be tag champs and so breaks the pin up. Aye. But then after that when Owen's been beaten up two on one, he just sits on the apron like, I'm fucking done with you. Aye, I'm not helping I, I can't be done with your sight. I'm not helping you. Fuck you, deal with it yourself, go and you're the you're the slammy winner, go and go and fix it, go and you wee dick. So yeah, then Owen suddenly again, I joked about them feeling like heels, but then Owen's back to being the baby face because he's taking two on one moves here and keeps kicking out and feeling all valiant and shit. Yeah. There's a really cool sequence here. I've never seen before. And I liked it. <laughs> Doug Furness. No. Fellow Floyd hits a super kick, which sends Owen back into a clothesline to the back of the head by Doug, which then leans him forward into a DDT from LaFon, yeah. and then a leg drop from Furness. Yeah. Like, such a cool combination. I can't I, believe I've never the, seen it before. The thing is, such a cool combination didn't win the match. That was the best kind of finish. If you were going to have them lose and win, because I heard we're kind of so-so on Furness LaFon. Yeah. Let's say we're at this point, they were kind of hyped like, oh fuck, we might see a title change here. That would have been cool. And they would have popped. If that led to the finish, they would have popped. Yeah, yeah. They would have popped like fuck. Oh, Even yeah. if we'd only held them, like, say, for an evening or something. Aye. It, if we'd have got the Zack Ryder treatment, Aye. which I thought was kind of gay myself, mm-hmm. it's one of the few times, like, because I was never as big a Cardona fan as, as you. I mean, a lovely guy. Aye. Like, I think that's where I am. I absolutely fucking... Look, see the way you are with Zack Ryder? That's the way I am with Matt Cardona. <laughs> you know? I like Matt Cardona. Always ready. Mm-hmm. Always ready. I don't think it's as funky as that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my, uh, I'm, that's my remix. Fuck Come up. on, it'll be tomorrow by the time we finish this review. <laughs> Oh, you're blaming me now, are I you? I am blaming you. You who loves China and all that shit. But she was so awesome. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, eventually Owen takes yeah. out, Davy gets back to the match and he's going, and he's got one of them up, I think it's Doug. He gets them up for a, for a body slam. And then Owen comes out in full view of the wretched side to go, huh, and hits him with the slammy award as Bill Dog hits it. The boy goes for the pin. The referee's already called, like, no, no, DQ. The, the challengers win but don't win the belts so Owen's all high like yeah, yeah we still got the belts yeah and it was like Bulldog's just running like did you hit him with the, you hit him with your with your slammy and he ducks the fan like did he hit him did he do it on purpose like oh no I didn't realise the ref was looking like no you did it on purpose <laughs> fucking hell and then like, he takes his slam didn't you, didn't you let me win the match normal you had to go hit him with a fucking thing bloody hell Owen Fucking fuck you and you slammy. And he slams it down and the fucking slammy breaks and no one's all destroyed. No, my slammy. No, I do not want you to hit him with your bloody slammy. I'm trying to win a match here. Oh. Oh, well, you shut up about your stupid blooming slammy awards. I'm in here knocking me banning. Oh. Trying to win match. Try- Try to win bloody with pin and you're hitting him with bloody slammy. But he even gets in fucking Clarence Mason because he fucking got to throttle Clarence Mason at one point as well. That would have been funny. Should like, give him a running bulldog. You're like, oh, you gotta calm down. Like, Owen, my Grammy Moon used to say. <laughs> <laughs> that would have done him good if he had Daphne as his manager. 
He's gonna win the. He's gonna win this match because he's bizarre. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry to any English people listen to this. <laughs> we we are not doing this in any way to just to cry or mock your fighting language or your fighting people. We are just being idiots. And Scottish drank four cans of cider. So of you, you fucking. I've drank three. You have outdrank me for once. Well, fuck you. Fine, I'm taking my can back. Hey, no, yeah. I'm, I'm having that. Mm-hmm. Love you. You can have what? Love you. <laughs> I'll end you. Who's <laughs> right, Mr. Rory? I'm calling the police. Oh, use your drink, nerd fish. So all this shit happens, by the way, in 10 minutes and 30 seconds. A lot happens in 10 and a half minutes. Yeah. Again, Best thing on the show before the main event. Eventually, Owen... Well, actually, at one point, Bullock throws the fucking tag belt down, like, I'm fucking done with this shit. But then, eventually, they convince him to pick it back up, and they move on for now. No, you're like, fine. We'll talk about this later. Yeah, we did he. And then Undertaker cuts a promo. How... Does it last as long as his entrance? No, but it's not his best promo, I don't think. It's like, I am rediscovering my age. I haven't quite found all of it. But... But I have it soon, and tonight that spells disaster for my opponents, and they will all rest in peace. I'm about as interested in this promo as you are in listening to it, but I'll pure take them on, so I will rest in peace. I have a teardrop tattoo, doesn't make me seem like so gothic energy. Wait until you see my entrance, it's pure awesome, so as you'll be able to go make the tea (laughs) before the match starts, and maybe even eat your tea before I take my jacket off. Aye. Wow. But from, from that, on to the recap of the Royal Rumble, which they replay, I'm sure, a dozen times already on this show, <laughs> and probably more on Raw. Well, as, as they did tend to do back yeah. when, you know, like, they would show you it twice during a match, they would show you it twice before and after. One, one thing they don't show you, though, is Brett eliminating Diesel right before, because technically the final four, as I said before, when we did the Rumble review, yeah. it's technically fake Diesel, Brett. Vader and Taker, but like, are we fuck building a pay-per-view while in the four marquee names is fake fucking Diesel? Because by this point, they've given up on the fake Diesel and Razor experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, it'd be quite honest with you, I still, like, I still believe that had there not been Kevin Nash beforehand, yeah. I think Glenn Jacobs would have made a pretty decent Diesel, because I'll tell you something at that point, mm-hmm. he was a hell of a lot more jacked than Kevin Nash was. Yeah. He looked... He looked like a diesel truck, you know what I mean? He looked like a diesel engine. So everybody has their, their entrances, out comes, I believe, Vader first, then Austin Taker, after about 40 minutes. Yeah, I, know, I, I was able to go make the tea. <laughs> like, but, uh, to use a, an only excuse, uh, only an excuse kind of joke here. Uh-huh. Like, and now that Undertaker's making his entrance, and this is a time when everybody goes to make the tea. <laughs> You know, there's all that, that old phrase of Sarah shit in a shave. Yeah, I'm sure you could do all three. Not at the same time, but all three in, in succession. In succession, and the time it takes Undertaker to do the same thing. shave, yes, but not the other one. I think that would be quite disgusting and wrong. It depends how big of a drain you've got. No, it's totally <laughs> disgusting and wrong. I know, but that's why, that's why I originally said don't do all three. So there you go, and then we cut back to Brett having his interview. And basically, I can just sum up his final line basically, may the best man win, and that's going to be me. And But you're not the best. 
But then he goes to walk out, and I don't know if you noticed this, I'm probably the only loser who spotted this, but he comes out, right, he goes to the curtain, and has to do an immediate sidestep, because he notices if he keeps walking the straight path he was going, there was a bit of the stage and he would have walked right into, <laughs> he had to do a quick sidestep, and out the shitty entrance. I hadn't spotted it myself, no. It was just like the speed in which he just moved sideways, it made me think about it. But... This match pretty much quickly turns into a brawl. I think it's this kind of match. You talk about the, and we've discussed it briefly, the idea of the kind of subtle turn of new gen into attitude. And yeah. I think this is really a... Oh, a spe- especially considering the state Vader ends up in, mm. I would definitely say so, because had that been even just a couple of months previously, Vince would have lost his goddamn shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh no... No, you have a nosebleed, I must find you, because you have a nosebleed on television. But, like, Brett was able to get away with it. He's talked about many times, like, I think in the Piper match, uh, mainly, and then the one at In Your House season beatings where it made it look like an accident. I think they would do that again at Mania 13 with Austin. Yeah. And so I think, I don't know if Vader actually bled, but if he did, he could hide it by the fact that certainly after, shortly before he bleeds, he gets sent into the steps. So there's always the incident, like, oh, I, I fell wildly, I hurt my eye and everything, because... You could believe, even though the steps are probably not mm. as heavy as they claim to be, if you run head first well, into them. If you remember rightly, uh, Vader started gushing Aye. just after that spot when the Undertaker booted the chair in his face. Mm. You know, and I think that might have been legit because it looked a pretty stiff kick. Yeah, because he had he had it raised to face level, so obviously he was supposed to take the sh- take the hit. But the way the Undertaker kicked it, it was like boof. I think if it, if it, I think it might be legit, but if it wasn't, then I think Vince didn't care about it because the amount of times they go, kind of gets right up in Vader's oh, face, no, and go no. like, "My God, look at that! Look at this face! Like, look, look at the blood, the crimson! <laughs> look at the toll this match is taking!" And then I do love at one point he just t- fucking takes the mask off because at one point his face is so red you can't tell where the blood ends oh, and his mask I, begins. Like I it do- looks like his eye is affected at one point, you know. Like, obviously it's affected from like, a blood in his eye, but that's probably why he took the mask off. Well, like, it was kind of coagulating around the bloody mask. It's still funny to call it a mask, because a mask is sometimes meant to hide your idea, but you take it off and, like, it's very similar to when he had it on. Like, my God, it was Leon. It was Leon all along. All along. <laughs> but, yeah, like like I said, it's, it's quite a brawl, which is, I think, a template for what most Attitude Era main events, especially, will Welcome take the format of. Because, like, there are spots, particularly, like, when Vader and that are, and Tega are setting up for the spot which leads to Vader bleeding. Like, there's stuff going on with with uh, Brett and Austin in the background, and you can see it occasionally when they show yeah, a long yeah, shot yeah. of it. But literally, I did not take a fucking note of what was doing. I mean, because things are happening so fast. <laughs> I know. And the most well, interesting bits are outside the ring. Well, that's the thing about this match, particularly. It's like, it's the first match, and like you say, it's mm-hmm. like that weird crossover point between New Gen and Attitude. It's that, that so it's... At the early part of that, you know what I mean? And, but as you say, the match itself is a bomb burner to uh-huh. use a to use a JR term, I believe. <laughs> but you know, like you say, like Brett and Brett and uh, Stone Cold are doing uh-huh. their thing, but you're mainly focused uh-huh. for a large part of the early part of the match on Undertaker and Vader because they are beating the piss of each other. And I know it was kind of thrown together like the the setup of Vader being a a, a client of Paul Bearer's having the match with. Take her at the Rumble, which I'm still shocked that he won. I remember talking about it in our review that I was shocked yeah, that he yeah. won, and then trying to build it for this. So it's kind of you've got two rivalries in this war with Taker, Vader, Austin, 
and uh, Brett. Yeah. It's like literally there's a bit where they're all staring at each other at first and then David says like, oh fuck this and goes right, mm. goes right after Vader and I'm like shocked that Vince suddenly got his head about doing the Sid match with Taker and then especially putting the belt on because like do you not maybe want to finally have Taker get his, his win back or even like he did the... Did he ever get that win back? He did, did like because like I mentioned that he got that match against MP because Ahmed was mega and then he got injured. Oh yeah. But like it's weird. He gets the thing with with mankind. The first pay per view after Mania is like the it's been called Revenge of the Taker. Finally yeah, yeah. putting the finality to the the feud that they've been having through '96. Yeah, yeah. Finally getting the come up. Like Paul Bear doesn't run away the thing. He gets his come in this one, and then they go right to Stone Cold. I'm assuming because after the Dalton at Mania, Austin's waving this starting to win this momentum. Vince is wanting to capitalize on it. Yeah, but, yeah. But you think. The fact that Vader goes from beating Taker in January and being kind of for from it oval going from into it, like a main event basically going into this to try and repurpose the damage the Sean feud did to him mm. to um, um he's throwing he and kind of throwing together to fight the tag champs at me yeah. and then the only time he gets a two view title shot against Undertaker doing that feud is just because like the other guy couldn't do it yeah like I say I think that's I think the Sean feud and it. Sean is, and let's be honest, Sean is 100% to blame for this. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. what was Vader's name? Leon. Leon White. Leon White, right. Leon White, Vader. Mm-hmm. He was a consummate professional. Mm-hmm. He might have looked stiff, but he, he never oh, intentionally... Oh, he definitely, he definitely hits stuff. You can even de- tell when he's fighting with Austin, he's fucking laying ah, some he, shots he in. He lays in some hard shots, but you know what? He would never intentionally go out to hurt somebody. And yeah. Sean, at that time period, was a complete ball bag. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just a shame... Look, the belt wasn't on somebody else mm-hmm. at the time. Like, if it would have been on Brett, mm-hmm. as much as it irks me to say it, even if Vader had lost that feud, mm-hmm. he would have come out of it a lot better if he'd have been fighting Brett when he did Sean. Yeah, you never really got to see a, a Brett-Vader feud really manifest no. in any way. That would have been a good thing well, to actually been, see. That would have been a great feud because, yeah. I mean, you had Brett who was like Mr. Technical yeah. and Vader who was technical, high-flying and heavy. I think, you know? I think you could get a lot of like even though it's not the best in three matches there's on that show like the match that Ve- uh, Brett has with uh, Bam Bam at King Ring 83 yeah. something of that style like Brett rarely ever had to fight a bigger guy even though well, he was always considered a quote unquote small guy for that period even like for example being right Brett's early feud with Yokozuna mm, over the mm. title it had you you know lifted Yoko out Lift Yoko, but lift Yoko. Fucking, you fucking big crane for move, that. Move Yoko out of that spot. Put Vader in that mm. spot. Yeah, that's money. Yeah. You know, and I mean WCW big van Vader with a fucking helmet and shit. But I talk about these like stuff. The thing is because like before this, he'd had success in Japan, and then he would have success after this run in Japan. So I think just like coming up in Japan, they like that kind of style, especially New Japan where he was working. Right, he won a few titles in Japan. I think he, he would become the IWGP champion. Might have been the first guy to hold it and then he would actually go to all Japan. Was that, did he win the lat title after his dub run or before? Before, because he was in and out of WCW. I think he got, he's not a right A as IWG champion. Then when he does he got to be WCW world champion. Mm. So that was meant to win the W titles we talked about before, didn't get to. And when he left, he actually went to All Japan, became the All Japan Triple Crown Champion, which is their main belt there. So, so regardless of how he was treated in the WWF, and regardless of how much Shawn Michaels completely <laughs> fucked his main event run, he still was a legit man, and he went and won a good few titles, regardless of the WWF. Yeah, he may have been like a bit of a dick in his later years, because there are stories of like him being arseholes to like indie promoters and mm. shit like that. But like Jim Cornette talked about back then, 
it was basically the definition of the gentle giant. Like as big as he was, he could very easily up, upset Leon. Like well, not as an upset as and piss him off, but like upset and make yeah, him cry. Like yeah. Sean did. Sean did. Sean like threatened to ruin his career and everything, and made him legit upset. Like I say, but the man that Sean Michaels is now mm. is a stark difference to the man he was then. Mm. I mean, on camera, great looking, great performer, great you know personality, but behind the curtain, a horrible. Horrible, drugged up, twisted, you know, push everybody out of the way to make nah. myself look better kind of guy. No, like even the, even Michaels himself has stated that. Yeah. So like the first big like spawn is also the stuff with the chair. Like, I think at one point he swings, he goes to swing it, take her ducks. Then you think he does kind of get him the guy then go yeah. to properly hit him in the face. Then he just boots them out of yeah. his face. He lies there for a second. I think the reason it fucks up so much like ends up so bloody low is because the chair was literally <laughs> like at his nose and the mm. undertaker just went boof aye. and caught him and I think it was the side of the chair that caught aye. him just uh, like, under her buffly eye mm. and then does the, the step spot and then they keep, like I said really mm. catch it like again you can't tell where his actual face but where he's bleeding like ends and he's like mass starts and you tell where the blood begins and the face ends but then he has a thing where they kind of swap roles and like, now like the opposite of like Oh, somebody in a multi-man match goes outside, two people wrestle, and someone comes back in, they swap round. It seemed to be the opposite, like, two people brawl on the outside, the other guy stay in the ring. And then they swap around. Because, <laughs> like, then it's uh, Austin and Vader on the outside. Yeah. And there's a spot where Vader goes to get, it gets Irish by Austin, and I echo the, the thoughts of wrestling bios on this one, in that it looks like he was meant to go in the sets again, but suddenly decided, nope, because he does tap the sets and just run into the poor timekeeper. <laughs> but he's running for quite a bit before he gets there. Mm. It's like, you ever play one of those WWE wrestling, when, you ever play one of the wrestling games where you're having a backstage brawl, you eyes whip someone, but there's nothing for them immediately to run into. So, so, they, just just keep, to go, so they just keep they just keep running and running yeah. until they just stop. You know, just a little quick option yeah. here. On regards to WWF games, I don't know if you noticed the thing I posted on Facebook today. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an interesting little side note. It said the WWF Scratch logo was introduced in whatever month it was in 97. Mm-hmm. But the first time it was ever seen mm-hmm. was in the Nintendo Sega Genesis mm. Raw game. Ah. And if you look at the, you know, like on that great game, it was like the sort of match up pictures mm-hmm. before the match, right? And it would show you the back of like the King and Vince's head or something. And little monitors. Yeah. On one of the little monitors. Little scratch logo, right. in '94. Well, there you go. There you go. So then they they start brawling. This poor this poor timekeeper shoved himself. Probably if I can don't bleed on me, fade out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the same time. I think Mark's his first. I can't remember really But that's the same timekeeper who's credited for throwing all those pinpoint beer yeah. cans at, at Stone Cold over the years. The wee tashy man. Yeah. Vader gets the steps dropped on him at one point by us. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts back to him, everyone sitting in just big moves on each other's signature. It was like, Tigger just randomly gets a pile driver just out of nowhere from Brett. It's a very well put together clusterfuck of a match. Yeah, but it's actually, it's one of those very few where you say something's a clusterfuck but in a good way because yeah. even Brett gets in, in the brawl and he goes up to the barricade with Vader and has a little spot with him there. Yeah. Vader tries to put a sharpshooter in and god bless him he tries he tries it takes him multiple times because he suddenly realises he's not got as much space to manoeuvre as he would like no because he's kind he's kind of stuck like in front of him he's kind of too close to the steps and he's yeah. too too close to the ring apron as well so, so he can't he quite tur- turn them he's trying to find a way to turn him over and literally as soon as he gets them in and like 
when you see the rock sharpshire is shite, Jesus Vader, you, good, an A for effort, but an execution, yeah, no. I think if he'd have had more room to move, he yeah. might have done better, but the thing is, at times, even though I know he's not, what is Vader, he's like six, what? Wow, God. Over goodness. six. He's, right? over, he's not over six feet. But see, sometimes in certain camera angles, no. especially when he's trying to do something like that, it looks like his legs are wheeling him. No. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I think because there's so much emphasis on the midsection and how heavy he is, you, you don't really <laughs> notice how tall he actually is. Especially when he's next to the fucking Undertaker from most nah, of this. True, true, because he's like, he's like, sort of like, Undertaker's like nose and forehead yeah. middle on him. There's. Also, they end up weirdly saving Brett. I think maybe it's a case of nobody beats Brett but me in that kind of case. It, he's my bitch. I'm going <laughs> to beat him up like a bitch. Vader goes for the minsult, but he misses it, unfortunately, for him. Yeah. And then something we forget to mention that's like, it's elimination, so no DQs or grinders. You're going to win, you can eliminate somebody by pinfall submission, or you can throw them over the top yeah, rope, which yeah. are either on both. It's really all the eliminations in this match are over the top rope. I would have thought it's one pinfall or like, Brett would eliminate someone with a sharpshooter or something like that. That'd be the worst Royal Rumble in the world if it was only four people in it. It'd be weird, yeah. I mean, weirdly enough... Who's, who's going to get that fabled number four? He must be the freshest man. These people are wrestling for a full five minutes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean, although it's kind of ahead of its time in one way in that the idea of elimination, pinfall and submission counting, because there are many companies that have done the whole idea of a version of the Rumble, but with pinfalls and that added, like, yeah. And to an extent, like, TNA would do it with Gauntlets and that it was elimination until the final two. Well, which, what was that really dumb one that TNA did when it was on... Was it Russo's idea to come up with that backwards Royal reverse, Rumble? Reverse Battle Royal. That Russo's idea? Yeah. Of course it do fucking you know, was. Do you know, that surprises me not one little bit. I swear to God, that's another little side note, but the more I hear that shit that that guy writes or the shit that that guy says... God, he really just needs to shut up. He's such a butthole. I know. You know, bro? Mm-hmm. You know, he's such a butthole, bro. Yeah. I don't even know. He, he's involved at this point. I think he's taken that point where he's moving from magazine writer to... Ballbag. Well, yeah. Well, he's a ballbag who writes a magazine to a ballbag who has a role in writing the program. But, like, because allegedly Vince... Like the, the Raw magazine and the Raw reality base. I think it was, they had like a WAF magazine, which is more KV, and then a Raw magazine, which was kind of one of the first publications, especially by a wrestling committee, to like go behind the scenes. Yeah. And then Vince looked at the, apparently looked at the Raw magazine, called them, you threw the Raw magazine down, like, this, this is what we need to be like. This, we need to do this, we need to do what he's saying. But then he gave him a bit too much carte blanche, but then just enough to rein him in. And then he went to WCW, and there was zero carte blanche over there, and that's why WCW. It's no longer here. Yeah. Anyway, but another hand, but anyway, it's over the top because then they have to do the classic bit. You would do in a rumble like, oh, he's gonna go over. Oh, mm-hmm. no, no, he's not. He's grabbing. He's hugging onto the bottom rope for dear life. <laughs> but Taker and Austin keep trying to eliminate each other. But then I, I had to rewind because I blink. I think I almost missed it there. <laughs> Where Brett just out of nowhere, like legit. As much as I've been, we've been also singing these praises. If you, you had, if you. Said you'll get a million dollars if you guess who's the first man eliminated. Instantly would have said Vader. But it was Brett. No, it was Austin. Oh, yeah, it was Austin, yeah. It was Austin. Oh, yeah, because Ballbag won it, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Well, he just randomly closed lanes of men, like, oh, all right then. Yeah, Austin just got popped out. I remember that now because he popped out right on his ass. He was like, <laughs> sick. I wonder. 
you think you think back like was that another accident like when he was a ringmaster? I was gonna say there was a point where he has to where you where you see the way he scrambles on the hold the rope and take a tries to throw him out thing like you already think he's he's got he's got the last the previous year's rumble in the back of his yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. He, he slipped on the apron or yeah, something. He was ironically meant to be in the final four mm. of the ninety six rumble. So then he gets on it, but he keeps us like coming back and you ever think Brett and the back of his mind is like that bit and hot fuzz? Pack it in, Steve, you silly bastard. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit where Undertaker rolls under the bottom rope and everything and Paul Bear attacks him there. And you know that because the commentators shout, even though the camera is just a few inches away from it being visible, goes, oh, God, did you see that? Paul Bear just hit him with the air. like, well, no, I didn't see it <laughs> because he didn't show me it. <laughs> and then you got Paul Bear just like, hmm, yeah, shows you. I shows you. Hit you in my arm. <laughs> Fuck you. Brett hits a suplex to Vader off of the, the top rope. Austin, like I said, comes back to brawl with him. Vader goes for a Vader bomb, but Taker just hoofs him in the balls with a low blow, which leads to him to hoof him. Just hoofs him right in the balls. Well, he did, just <laughs> right in the cost of the like, I like the terminology, just hoofed him one right in the balls. Aye. And it comes down to Taker. I like that Taker and Brett get a little bit of a bang for Brett tries to sneak up on Taker, but Taker just grabs him. Throws him down with a choke slam. Again, Austin gets involved. Taker has to get Austin out of it. He suddenly turns around. Brett clothesline to Taker. Brett wins at that point his fourth WWF Championship. Yeah, which is good. It's a good thing mm. <laughs> that he has that match for next night. Mm, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, but there is a sol- a sol- sizable pot for Brett. Uh, there won't be that much of one in uh, Chicago, but twenty four minutes six seconds. This match went. That's, that's pretty cool. So Brett wins. Taker is looking absolutely pissed off. Does he look annoyed? Yes, mainly because also Austin distracted him. Yeah. Because that, which ironically, someone coming back in cost him to take a rumble would actually be repeated in 2003 because uh, it was like the final four was Taker, Batista, Kane, and Brock Lesnar. Uh. Taker, I think, I think Taker and Kane that eliminate Batista. Kane then turns, uh, turns on Kane, eliminates him. He just tries to come back in with a chair, and he throws him back out. Block Reznor hoofs him out, to use yeah. that phrase again. Hoofed. Hey. But anyway, Digger looks annoyed about that. Right. And then there's been points in the baby where, like, where JR says, don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. And, like, this is pay-per-view. If you buy the show, you surely you don't go anywhere. But yeah. then he says, don't go anywhere, we'll be back with better Heart, better Heart celebrating some of the, this Barclay pyro, the top of the boom, 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 And because, like, it's only the pyro they can afford in this shit, like, and, yeah, setup they've yeah, got. It really did. You know, I tried to be nice, but it really is a shitty setup. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was going to say, almost a shitty venue. The venue's not to blame, it's the way they've set up. Yeah, it's the way they've set up. Because they've done the thing right. The thing I noticed also with the setup, mm-hmm. I'm so used like, to the idea of like the way it's the way the, mm-hmm. it's laid out, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you've got your, your ring in the centre and your, your walkway, your ramp. Is central to the to the to mm. the apron. You know what I mean. You walk straight down to the ring. Mm-hmm. Now, this one was angled off, mm-hmm. right? And that was a lot like earlier, mm-hmm. like golden era pay per views, yeah. where they would have the ring center and the, the walkway would be very long and angled off. And that was kind of cool, mm-hmm. like watching, like say for example, Ultimate Warrior use all the energy he had running to the fucking ring, yeah. And then the last of it shuggling the rope, and then he, you know. <laughs> he, he would wrestle <laughs> or 
should I say, not no. wrestle. But anyway, anyway, that set up the layout in that was a lot like that. But you know, if it was done very cheaply, mm. you know, and the ring itself, I thought the ring looked a little small. So, like, so then they cut away, and I'm thinking, oh, it's an advert for WrestleMania 13. And I was like, no, it's an advert for the WrestleMania 12 VHS. Right. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, there is nothing wrong with an advert for a VHS. I'm saying, have an advert for VHS and everything, but don't cut away from your world, your newly crowned world champion celebrating after the match that you've built up for, yeah. basically at the expense of everything else on your pay-per-view. But you see, that just shows just how much they didn't care that Brett had won anything. <laughs> so they advertise that, they cut back. Also, it's one of the few in your history we've had where we don't have either Doc Kendricks or Top Pingle or anybody else have a segment back to you and show here, here's some shit. Buy it. Look, there's a massive thing with an ugly picture of The Undertaker or Shawn Michaels on it. Like, just plastered on this shitty-looking T-shirt. Yeah. Buy it for $20 plus however much in postage. Yeah. Or you get the one like you used to get more so during the, the sort of... You know, like, when you used to get the backstage where you get the superstars kind of looking like they were doing something on yeah. the America Online. Or the superstar. And maybe mention superstar line, but they don't show it with a big... Like, People have joked about it, the big telephone they'd use in the 60s Batman show, like, hello. Yeah. Like that one, where you, that wee backstage one, where you've seen Shawn Michaels on America Online going, like, like one finger pointing at the computer. <laughs> like, there's, there's confusion. There's confusion, there's buttons. Mm. And the screen. What oh, yeah. is this newfangled technology? Well, then they cut back and then Sid comes out and they just stare at each other. Mm. And we sit up the night, night, the raw night, night. If I could briefly talk about the Raw. Yes, the let's night. do it. Let's do it. It's fun. So they, so they do a weird <laughs> thing on this Raw where they structure it around this title match where they actually open, they might open the next night's Raw with this match. Yeah. But Austin comes out and tries to get it, Brett. And then, so he tries to do the Raw, so Austin goes after him as well and NKV injures uh, Sid's leg mm. to, to the point where <laughs> there's a bit where it's caught on camera of. Uh, I care if you come on with Sid and Sid sharing like, it hurt my damn leg, asshole. <laughs> and then Sid has a backstage interview where they say, though, we're having the match later on. And Sid goes, quite uh, harsh foreshadowing, saying, it'll take more than a broken leg to stop my destiny. Oh, God. Yeah. Ugh, let's not talk about that. But then they were going to have it later on in the middle of the show, and then but, Brett. May I just. Yeah. One more segue uh-huh. before we stop. That horror injury that Sid got, mm-hmm. did that, for all intents and purposes, finish his career? Pretty much, yeah. Or what, did I mean, he come I mean, back from it? I mean, he had that match with T. Slayer and they got to Raw 1000, but it wasn't much of a match. he made no, appearances, just... but, like, he had to... It took two two or three years before he could walk without the assistance of, like, a cane or whatever. Yeah, so it, for all intents and purposes, finished his, yeah. his career. Because, like... Like all the weight on the leg, and then there's like two main bows in the leg, yeah, both yeah. Of, and both Pins of them broke. Rods, didn't and, and both of them broke at the same time, which is why you had the awkward angle that you had. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Let's set about that. Anyway, bit. Brett's walking to the ring, and then all of a sudden he gets into a thing with with said backstage as a brawl, and then they come back from break. Grell Monsoon's being interviewed, and I think it was a shot at uh, WCW because the week before they'd I, they'd advertised at the start of the show that. Hogan would put his title on Langan's paper, but then it ended up being a swerve because the interview will beat him up or whatever. So there was, yeah. there was actually no match. So Bill Monsoon says, 
you know, we here at the WWF, we like to deliver on our advertised promises <laughs> of the of championship matches. So tonight, our main event will be Psycho Sid getting his championship match against Brett the Hitman Hart. It's a horrible girl monster impression, I, I grant you. So I wasn't putting my, my all it's into all, it. It's okay, Scott. No one can do a monster impression. Nah. No one. <laughs> but, uh... So then we have the match. They actually get the last 50 minutes of Raw, which is a lot of time for this period. Yeah. And, of course, Austin has to get involved. Yes. <laughs> to the point where, literally, referee's not looking... Referee's so oblivious looking at Sid as he's in the sharpshire. Austin kick him in. Boom! Well, it was hardly boom. I've seen the yeah. spot. I've <laughs> seen it a few times on YouTube. I was, I've got to say... That's got to be one of the weakest chair shots I've ever seen Steve Austin deliver. Yeah. He walks up and kind of... He walks up all Steve Austin-y. He taps Brett on the head of the chair, to which Brett goes, Oh, no, I've fallen. And Tig gets hit the move, picks him up. Jack... Ne- eh, I was going to say Jack, no, that's not him. That's, uh, that's like a mess. It's a big but, power bomb. But it's a power bomb. Sid wins. And, quite interestingly enough, the very first man... To win the WWF title on an episode of Raw. First ever WWF title change on an episode of Raw. Well, that is some information I did not know. Well, there you know. I feel good for knowing that now. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. Yeah. It's weird. That, I get the idea of like, your main belt. You save you save that for pay-per-view Let's and everything. celebrate my new knowledge with a sip of cider. How's that? But, so yeah, that's a new guy. Also, they randomly say, this is how they, this is how they build to their main, what will end up being the main event of WrestleMania. Uh, this, Sid- this, this was Sid's second Yes Second world title run And second WrestleMania main event Yeah But uh, So they They basically see off hand On come to I don't think he was angry And as he was the final man eliminated And does feel like he was wrong Due to Austin's attraction Real one soon Has made Undertaker The number one contender <laughs> So the winner of this match Between Brett and Sid Will face Undertaker in the, At WrestleMania For the world championship <laughs> So that's how Undertaker Gets his title shot Yeah And I've watched the Sid Taker match not great. <laughs> not On the Mania 13 one. Not, yeah, it's not great. And, like, but I look at the idea of, like... I, I liked Sid's pattern when Brett was out being a wee bitch about everything. He's like, when I deal with this big idiot, then I'll come and deal with you. So, but I look at it without Sean. There are so many combinations looking at the Final Four and Sid that you could have had. Yeah. Yeah, you got to you end know, up getting to your Sid, but you could have had Brett Sid as the actual Mania match, Rallages on Raw. Yeah. You could have had Austin Sid randomly. Vader Sid would have been weird. Would have been pretty good, though. Yeah. Pretty good. Because you could have put the belt on Brett and seven sets the feuds. I assume they ramped up the stuff between the hostility between Austin and Brett because they only realized, like, well, well. Sean's not going to be at Mania. We might as well go back and finish off this feed with Austin that you were having. Even though when you watch everything in continuation, other than a couple of segments, you think like you could have easily had me thinking that you were actually going to have the. You were always playing this match at Mania between Brett and Austin, but they clearly weren't. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you just even though because that's the main match people talk about for me at thirteen? Why didn't you just have Austin Brett for the title? Are you saying? And if I'm, no, no, wait. I believe I'm getting that wrong. Zamed Johnston on Mania 13 with the LOD. He was fighting with the LOD against... Uh, Six Man? Yeah, against the Nation yeah, of Dominion. Don't, 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 you, don't you think people always talk about that fabulous, fabulous Six Man Ahmed Johnston LOD match against the Nation? No. No, they don't. No, they don't. They put that one right after Brett versus Austin as well, by the way. Yeah, there was no way that was going to... 
get anything. Uh, yeah, that made Johnson trying to hang somebody in that match as well, quite literally. He grabs the rope and throws them in the net and throws them over the top rope. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. He, that was around about the time that we were starting to notice him getting dubby. Also, the Bret Austin match at WrestleMania, the submission match, the third ever five-star match for the WWF up until that point. Mm-hmm. The other two were Sean Razor, Mania 10, and Bret Owen, SummerSlam 94, no. in the cage. Not surprising. No, no. Not surprising. I would have even put a fourth one in there, in my opinion. Mm. Personal five-star match. Sure. Piper, Brett at Mania 8. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was a fantastic match. Of course. Just very sad outcome, but, <laughs> you know, because, you know, Brett won. Yeah. And yeah. I, never, I never liked it when he won. Also, talking about the LD, they would actually return the following week because they went back to the Manhattan Center two weeks later. Which also had a bit of a crossover with ECW that Gerald Lawler challenged him as the anti ECW guy, but it was kind of part of an agreement to promote the upcoming barely legal pay per view that yeah. ECW was doing. That was when the WWF was getting ECW a wee bong. Wee yeah, yeah, it started with bloody the Eliminators hitting their total amazing move on a poor stage hand. <laughs> yeah, the yeah the LOD come make the return in a match. Which apparently Jake Roberts was trying out as a as an agent at that show in the tag match. He was headbangers v I'll say the Godwins. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, he was the agent for it, and they found out. Oh yeah, neither guys are winning because we're going to do a no thing where the LOD beat both of them up to cement their back and everything because we want people to remember how good they were. And they were kicked off about it and everything, which basically pretty much helped cost them an agent position in the what, WWF. They decided to have an opinion. I don't know what happened. No. I've read about it, I don't know the full reasons of why he was annoyed. But yeah, that you have an angle where Sabu cleans up they get the big three the big metal raw logos back for yeah. this. And he climbs up on one of the letters, the letter starts shiggling a bit and he almost falls as he's jumping on people so he just kinda of, everyone has to get crumpled down as if he fell on them. <laughs> but, you know, Sabu botched the movie, hit. God, who'd have thought? Who'd have thunk it? Mm. Yeah. How many times did he break his own neck? Twice. Twice. At least. Well, technically one of them won his fall, wasn't that uh, Benoit yeah. or Taz dropping well, him on Benoit did, and then the other one was Taz. You had him like a, a overhead suplex, he may go into a table, which is always... Yeah, he just went sort of straight down mm. and banged his head. Uh, so, anyway, in a couple of ways we talked about it, and that was done to Mania 13, I think people know what happens to Mania 13, but that is in your house. Final four. Uh, a, very, a very reasonable pay-per-view for the time period, I would say. Yeah. And I, I mean, re- a lot of it, and I'm sorry to cut in, a lot of it, like, barring the main event match, was a little <laughs> lacking, I thought. Uh-huh. A, a, a great deal lacking, actually. I mean, the initial match, for example, the Meryl... Uh, Meryl Cassidy match. <sighs> Meryl just disappoints me most of the time because, it, like... He does not wrestle quite the way he was billed at the time, mm-hmm. you know. And I take nothing away from him, right? I mean, I know, like, he came into the WWF and had to change up his whole thing because, yeah. like, they couldn't get rights to that gimmick we wanted. Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, to his credit, he he done what he could with the gimmick. He went and got a... He got, he got an IC title reign for as long as it takes you to make a cup of tea. <laughs> you know, thank Christ that happened. You know, at least he won something. But, I mean, his performance in that match was just piss poor, to be quite honest with you. Leaf Cassidy, mm-hmm. 
brilliant as always. You can you can never fault Al. Al mm-hmm. was great in ring. Any time I thought I liked Al. Uh, what's wrong with Al? What is your issue? No, I'm saying Ah uh, Al. Ah, uh, I'll leave. <laughs> I'll leave Cassidy Snow. <laughs> Also, at one point, he, Avatar, he Shinobi, all sorts of gimmicks. Yeah, but he was a great wrestler, having to carry Mark Merrill through that first match, and then being beat by a Samoan Fodun. No, a Samoan <laughs> drop, it was just a, oh, look, uh, I've, oh, no, I have fallen. Mm. And I watched that match, and I thought to myself, really? Mm. We're going to do all like that? We're going to have him lose to basically nothing after he controlled 90% of the match? Uh. Okay, then. You know. So, well, like, I think other than Owen and Davy Furnace on the floor, with the exception of the DQ finish, I think. That was the best match other than the main event? Other than the main event, this was the best yeah, match. Yeah, I show. would agree. I would agree. Yeah, so. But at that I'm, point, you really couldn't fault Davy or Owen or Furnace on the floor. Legit. First two matches, like the first match, like Superstar main event, the other two easily could have main evented Raw. And then the other two felt more like pay-per-view matches. Yeah, yeah. That was how I felt about these, about this card. Yeah, it got better as it went on. Legit, like, and again, like, it's weird how much they sped through as well, because I think they had a feeling about some of the quality of the undercard, because like I said, everyone 43 minutes was this show. I haven't looked, I'll say, I haven't looked back on it for editing purposes, but I'm reasonably confident I can say by the time it comes out, we'll have been talking for as long as this pay-per-view aired for. <laughs> okay. I, I'm I'm reasonably confident about that. Reasonably confident. Reasonably, I don't think it's worth even saying like a match to people to watch from this show because we just said multiple times there really isn't much other than yeah. those two examples. But Paul, if you had to thumbwise, where would you be on this show on Final Four? No, I mean if you're if you're talking if you're asking what rating I would give it as a show, mm-hmm. I'd probably give you know. A middle, mm-hmm. middle. Into, I'd actually say middle into down for a show, mm. but for the strength of the main event match, yeah. I would say middle into up. So I'm kind of, you gonna, know, I'm going to be more firmly in the middle, purely for like I said, those two matches. Other than that, it's typical a case of like you can see the what they want to do. Yeah, you can see the idea they had. It just didn't seem to but come like, off well. But like the remnants of like the previous era and Vince's like hesitation to go full throttle full, with it. Full throttle. Uh, is clearly showing here. Yeah. And uh, Paul, I'm not looking forward to the next in your graph whenever as we do that because I've actually watched Revenge of the Taker for a previous podcast <laughs> with for USSR. It's it's not good. No, no, it's not good. It's not good. What, what remind me again because I think I've only watched that twice and it was a while ago what delights are in that one we have from best of my recollection the Taker match also with Mankind for the title which doesn't mean event even though Taker's name's in the title yeah uh, that is the better match on the show but like compared to everything else it's yeah. it's not we have the debut of the Hunky Duck Man finally has a protege which he's been looking for uh, Rockabilly. Rockabilly, who, uh-huh. who fights uh, the roadie, Jesse James. Uh, no, he fights his future tag partner. Uh, we have Rocky Maivia v Savio Vega. We're yeah, going to uh-huh. have LOD versus... Is that good Savio or Nation Savio? Nation Savio. Ah, bad Savio. We have... Uh, you make him sound like a disappointment right now. Bad Savio. <laughs> bad Savio. 
Get away from the nation. Get away. Those bad boys are get, making a bad influence on you. What did I tell you about hanging around that bloody crush? Yeah. It leads you astray. Oh, that bloody Farouk, he's a bad sort, him. But you also have the LOD versus Owen and Davey. Yeah. And I think we have another, the forgotten third match on pay-per-view between Brett and Austin. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Was it good? Some of that on paper you think would be better than it actually will be. Yeah. Well, and the main event for this was... It, no, that was the main event. That main event. Did they do an angle which caused that to be the main event? Oh. Even though it's called Revenge of the Taker. So, the, the, the pay-per-view is the Taker's namesake is a pay-per-view he doesn't even pay-per-view on. Well, main event on. Yeah, because... It's, it's kind of like, like, it's time pay-per-view. Without Vader. Without Vader, yeah. Yeah, fair enough, I'll put him in the main event if you've got change. But the fact they didn't feature him at, at all, Aye. that was weird. But, like... The only reason I think they managed to just about get away with that is that it's time mm-hmm. can be... It can be a, a sort of easily used for other things, but still, in the wrestling sense, at that time point, you knew it was about Vader. It can be argued that this is probably the worst reign now of these four WWE title reigns and three world heavyweight title reigns that the Undertaker ever really has because he really does, he does fade into the background because the big folks is Austin rising up, the Heart Foundation form, Sean then comes back. Mm. So Taker, fortunately, has become, joins a long lineage of world champions who didn't really matter. Didn't really, weren't even the main focus of the shows that they were world champion of. Yeah, I mean, although he only had two, I think to be quite honest, Sid's title reigns are more, more, have more interest than some of Taker's. Oh yeah, I think if Sid goes away, he comes back at King the before King of the Ring. Wrestling King of the Ring is meant to be involved in King Sambir. Even I think there was a an idea from either fight, maybe fight Ken Shamrock at mm. SummerSlam. But then he buggers off again, instead stunned with the WWF. Aye, well, he had to play softball, didn't he? Yeah. And then we won't see him again. I think he makes a brief appearance in ECW to be of the Dudley Boys. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll return to, to, e- to WCW. I think he'll run most of for both his leg breaking and that promo that you're only half the man that I am, and I have half the brain that you do. <laughs> Wait, can we go again? It's live. Uh, it's live, it's live you dick. But yeah, well, that was in your house final four. Yeah, it was there. That was alright. A great main event. I'll, I'll, I, main can, event. I cannot fault the main event. It was fantastic. Like, I'll, that's the best way I can put it. Mm-hmm. When I was watching mm-hmm. the pay per view as a whole, I wasn't really watching it. Yeah. But when the main event happened, yeah, I was watching it. Of course. <laughs> you know. There you know. So no. when, you, when the Undertaker was making his way to the ring, I don't you sleep. <laughs> just tell you and then you woke up for fest, right? Right, for fest, right. ready for the main event. Aye, aye. You can have a wee nap while else he's <laughs> taking his jacket off. <laughs> so that is us for now. I don't know when we'll do Revenge of the Taker. Legit, I've kept I've I've kept my notes from that ESSR pod. I'm gonna watch it back and then add anything important. I don't think I'll, I will add anything in the end. But you know, aye, we'll see. It's what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> I mean, we are going to pick up, see how an upswing is later in 97 in terms of quality of vineyard houses, but yeah, yeah. you have to get one or th- through one or two more slightly forgettable ones to get there. I mean, I know, I know, like, and I, I suppose I can agree with you that a lot of those in your houses 
had questionable match setups and whatnot. No, Scott's just hit his funny bone. Yes, yes, it is. Is that a bastard? Yes, it was. Yeah, I bet. I've done that myself before, mm -hmm. so I can't. He had, you should have seen him, people. He was doing his best. He was doing that silent swearing thing. That thing where the face says fuck, <laughs> but the words do not come. Mm. I know, that was poetic, yeah. right? His lips said fuck, but his eyes said, read my lips. Haha. <laughs> 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 Haha. <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? I don't know, I, I got caught when you went and made your joke. It made me laugh and forget what I was thinking. Then you said how they have questionable main events these early Yeah, years. like Lee's in your houses. I know like a lot of people think they have questionable sort of match set up main events, yeah. blah, 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 or run time or whatever kind of thing. But me personally, I, I still mm. like enjoy them for the nostalgia of them, you mm. know what I mean? Like, I could stick like one of my 140 plus tapes that I have, uh -huh. I could stick one of them in. Mm -hmm. And even though it's a crappy show, mm -hmm. I can still enjoy it. Because I can go, ah, oh, that old crap, man, I mind him. You know? Like, oh, where's, where's Savio doing the dirty again? No, oh, where's Crush? Oh, where's Farouk getting annoyed with the two of them and kicking them out? Mm -hmm. You know? Oh, where's D where's D'Lo Brown, a wee bow tie and a suit getting pummeled through a fucking tum <laughs> a table by Ahmed Johnston? Mm-hmm. was D'Lo, wasn't it? Like, power slam or Pearl riveled through a table? I don't, I don't think it was D'Lo, it may have been a random other guy, but, you mm -hmm. know, D'Lo was there, and I'm saying... Is D'Lo know a bloody, like, a, a throne bearer for King Mabel and all? Yeah, but I know Jeff Hardy and Rhino appeared as throne bearers for... And I think Jeff Hardy appeared at uh, the In Your House 5 one, and you can see his poor little face, yeah. like little skinny Jeff Hardy. Try to lift that big hefty mm -hmm. bundle. Yeah, big, big... Uh, Nelson Fraser, that was yes. his name, wasn't it? Uh, R.I.P. Big Nelson. Because mm. I'll tell you something, a lot of people criticise Big Viscera. See, when he first debuted... His ministry viscera, I thought he was cool <laughs> as fuck. Because he was this big psychotic looking fucking thing looking like he was wearing a big bin bag. With his white mohawk and his white eyes. Mm -hmm. And see when they went when he first joined the ministry, they pushed him pretty good. He looked like a legit, oh my god, this cunt's gonna kill me. Mm -hmm. If no by what the fucking powers that we are telling him today, just by his own wrestling ability. <laughs> He might sit on me. <laughs> and, but look, that's the sad thing about it. Well, we get that ministry viscera, mm -hmm. and then years later we get the world's largest love machine viscera. I'm going to take the world's largest love machine over fucking Big Daddy V, anybody to. Is that his last incarnation yeah. when he had the big big man boobies? Weirdly, he got hit. When he's out, he's in the side. Let's not cover him up. Right, let's, let's make him wear a fucking sing, a fucking strappy singlet like the big show did. Mm. And have him come out daily. Still look, he still looked like a legit guy then. Well, even when he was big, he mm. still looked like he'd take his fucking skull off. Yeah, probably by sitting on it. Mm. But, but anyway, that's just ask the Undertaker. We veered off from in your house ages ago, so we'll wrap up there and let everybody know that you can find our path in your gap reviews up until this point uh, at. And Scott Bogan podcasts are a podcast feed, all good Android podcast sites, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, 
wherever you choose to find your podcast, also on the Rogue Opinions feed. Well, you can't find all of them there, but the ones we've done since we joined Rogue Opinions <laughs> and all the other podcasts we do are on there. The Rogue Rich Smackdown review, I mean, Paul also do. It's also on Rogue Opinions. It's specifically yeah, over there. It's over there. You can follow us on Twitter at SPR to keep up with what we're doing and Rogue underscore opinions for Rogue Opinions. Follow me at ScumCoin86 if you feel like you want you want to do that before Twitter implodes because people are annoyed about Elon Musk and all that I shit. I don't see why we're annoyed about him. I think he's doing good things. I don't even I don't even I'm not even on Twitter enough to know why people are annoyed. But learn, learn all... I, think, I think it's a fact that you can also anybody can play for a blue check mark is all, part of the reason. All the little lefty wokies are all crying because we can't we can't hide and make up bullshit on the platform anymore. It's not our safe haven anymore. That's why everyone's upset. Anyway. Well, anyway, I was making make I was making a joke about Elon because everyone else did so I just made a joke. Anyway. Don't want to get into discussion about why people were talking about Elon. But on Twitter also Facebook, Facebook.com for slash Rampogus, Facebook yes, Facebook, because Facebook's never done anything wrong. <laughs> Zuckerberg <laughs> uh, I know Facebook's not been the biggest platform Facebook can, people have been trying to take the piss out of Facebook for a while but maybe Facebook will become the platform to go back to when hey, the Twitter fucks up I like Facebook I know, I'm Facebook. I'm just saying but with the fact that we see other platforms getting more and more people going on there and doing more activity there that not many people do that on Facebook as they used to is my point People would probably choke on their laughter and scorn with what I'm about to say, but I, I, I trust Facebook more than any of the other ones because I find that, like, see, for someone who is not a massive social media type, Facebook is just right. You know, Facebook does. Mm. Like, if you're not an opinionated little shit or someone with something really important to say. Mm-hmm. Facebook does you if you just want to post some pictures and talk a little bit. Facebook's fine. Yeah. And if you're like me and you have too much to drink and someone comments on something that you don't like, then you will you will spend twenty minutes battering them down verbally, hmm. like I also did a little while ago, and I won that one. But yeah, so social media, it's a shit place at the best of times. But one of the good things you can find on there is there us on Twitter and on Facebook. Hey. Uh, we were pains. I don't think has a Facebook, but you can find them on Twitter and also on Instagram. But also, at Rogan Score Opinions. So there you go. So thank you everybody for joining us here. Nobody really on this show, I don't think, deserves their theme song played. So for Chits and Gales, because he randomly appeared and then disappeared, let's play the Honky Tonk Man's theme song to play us Hell out. Hell yeah, man! Hell yeah! Yeah. Well, we'll see you guys next time. I think it's maybe the last thing here in twenty twenty two, unless it's already twenty twenty three, in which case, Happy New Year. And if it's not 2023 yet, Happy New Year when it comes. Have, have Happy holidays, a good Christmas. Mm-hmm. Hope you all get lovely presents. Mm-hmm. And I hope you in turn give your peeps lovely presents too. Yes. So, yeah. ha- be merry. Have a nice drink if you partake. Mm-hmm. Eat your fill, get tubby and vegetate on the couch on Boxing Day. So to you people listen in distant future from Scott and Paul, we were on the past recording it. <laughs> Scott and Paul, we were on the past. <laughs> we'll see you. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time when we have our reunion episode. Bye-bye. Hurrah. <laughs> I got long sad burns and my hair slicked back. I'm coming to your town in my pink Cadillac. I'm just a honky-tonk man. He's a honky-tonk man. I'm just a honky-tonk man.
Guitar, I wear a blue suede shoes, you ought to hear me sing 